0: hi there this is bt calloway welcome to the simpsons index before we get into the show i just wanted to tell you about our upcoming project pulp fury radio a new podcast anthology series featuring all original stories in classic pulp genres like sci-fi noir horror and fantasy if you're looking for an escape from the everyday then you're looking for pulp fury radio you can find out more at pulpfuryradio.com, with the first episode coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts okay on with the show
1: Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 171. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J O'Neill, and joining me in the studio here is always, except when he's not his BT Calloway. Uh, hi, hi. And joining us all the way from beautiful Adelaide in South Australia is Ellen Graham.
2: What's up, bitches? <laughs>
3: yo, 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 and
1: thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. Of course, this is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there is a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. Now, Ellen. Um, yes. Yeah, you're part of the Baby Beard Media team and one of my favorite podcasts, Shut Up and Take My Podcast, which is coming to an end soon.
2: Mm. I know. It's all hurtling to the end as we knew it would have to eventually mm. at some point. Mm. Uh, and now begins the conflict part of our podcast where we have to actually argue for what we think is the best episode of Futurama. And it is stressful. <laughs> I do not like conflict. I. It's why I guess I hoped this day would never come.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you should have picked a series with like 600 episodes
1: that would yeah, have been fun
2: whoa. <laughs>
1: God, can you imagine trying to gauntlet this thing? Fucking hell.
2: Yeah, that's a big no from me.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, in the days of Sharp and Tape, my podcast, before the, the dreaded gauntlet time mm. where there's lots of arguments and stuff, you know, uh, <laughs> when you're just reviewing the episodes, one of your regular segments on the show, Fashion Corner, actually Wink. inspired this little playlist we've got today.
2: Oh, my goodness. Okay, I was wondering, I was like, did you get me on because it's a drag? drag queen episode and i do drag really but i didn't i didn't know if you knew that no <laughs>
1: That's i what, knew I you like, did derby i knew you did a futurama podcast yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> mate i'll do it all me yeah. yeah i was like had i told you this somehow or are you just all stalking me on the social <laughs> media <Gotta be> <laughs> yeah yeah why not um yeah no, but I all did... the
1: detective work did not reveal that fact yeah. tell us more uh, so yeah it. yeah
2: i do a bit of drag i've always wanted to try it and i knew someone who went to the same acting school as me who's pretty big in the scene their name is <laughs> daddy Longlegs, <laughs> yeah. cool, and cool. i i asked how i could get involved and they were like oh i've got just the thing because adelaide's just about to start like a, a kind of drag king review almost where they want to do it like once every month and a whole bunch of new drag kings and it's a great way to kind of burst on the scene and there'll be like some group numbers as well and i was like fuck sign me up and yeah my drag king is Fuckboy george because <laughs> uh, <laughs> i really wanted to explore <laughs> just like i really wanted to do like a pastiche of just like all fuck boys in general yeah
1: <laughs> oh that's wonderful do you dance to do you really want to hurt me as well
2: <laughs> no um i think my first routine which was probably one of my most favorite ones was to carly ray jepson's cry yeah where essentially i was having like a one person stage fight <laughs> because obviously fuckboy george can't show his emotions because he <laughs> is a man and then by the end i'm like crying tears of glitter um, it, was, it was special. <laughs> special to me.
1: Oh, um, that sounds yeah. wonderful. This is a very happy revelation. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah, I was just like I, happy coincidence, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, because. Like when I was uh, listening to Shut Up and Take My Podcast and, you know, taking it all in, it's like you talking about fashion as something that I'd never really, like, focused in on on shows Mm -hmm. and now it is something that I'm like, okay, how does the clothing inform the scenes here when I'm looking at stuff now? Oh, my
2: God. I can't believe I've had any impact whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Believe (laughs) it. The only noticeable impact I think I've ever had on the podcast was someone being like... Oh, get the chick off! She's here to ruin everything.
1: <laughs> no, no, very excited to have you on the show today.
2: Oh, I'm so excited to be on. I've got a lot of opinions.
1: Excellent. Did you know? So, do we. Um, so, yeah, let's hook into the episode review where we just watched season thirty, episode seven. Working mom—that's spelt with an e.
2: Work, baby, work
1: work. Yeah, right. First released in November of 2018, it was directed by Michael Polcino, written by Carolyn Omni and Robin Sayers. In this episode, Marge starts selling Tupperware and has great success when she poses as a drag queen. And in the <laughs> B story, even though it happens first, yep. uh, Lisa gets all French and grainy and helps people. Mm-hmm. Hey,
2: what do we think? I hate grainy French people. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a few chuckles in this episode. I had a little bit of fun. I have like bigger concerns, but it's more to do with the drag scene. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't think this was bad as a like baby's first intro to drag. But it seems like this would be an episode that would be more relevant in like early 2000s as opposed to now where drag is everywhere. And it's kind of like... Maybe not so well understood, but it's no longer like a really shocking thing. Like everyone watches Drag Race.
0: Yeah, because isn't the guest on this one? Yeah, RuPaul. It's RuPaul. They're in their like fifteenth season or something. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: so RuPaul is playing Queen Shantae, and also I'm gonna fuck this name up. (laughs) Sutan Amrul. I didn't watch Drag Race. Sorry.
2: I'm terrible as well. I only watch the lip syncs because I find reality TV stressful, you guys. I don't know if you know this about me. but Stressful. I'm yeah. I've heard
1: lots of adjectives about reality TV. But Never stressful. Describe stressful. What's stressful?
2: Well, because I want them all to win. I want them all to do well.
1: You want all the Futuramas to win. You want all the drag queens to win. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that a crime?
1: You're all Australia's idols.
0: <laughs> yes. We idolise all of you.
2: Well, it's more so like I love watching the lip syncs and I love watching mm-hmm. some of the little challenges, but the ongoing drama that, of course, the show is all about like, and mm-hmm. plays up and if you want to do well in, in Drag Race, like the aim is to be very very quotable and instigate a lot of drama and just you know Mm -hmm. pull focus essentially but i'm just not here for that but i really love watching the performances so mainly i watch a lot of drag race compilations (laughs) don't come at me people
0: Yeah, all about the stage and not so much the backstage
1: yeah yeah well, how about you, BT? What do you think of this episode?
0: Ah, oh, man, this was like watching a different show. There was just something very tonally off about it. And I don't think they did a bad job with all the drag queen stuff, having absolutely no idea whatsoever. I could be wrong about that, I don't know. <laughs> and just a lot of weird little, little puns that were, like, kind of clever, but there's just something tonally felt off about this entirely. And, yeah, Lisa's the whole thing can be summed up in, well, someone watched Armelie last night.
2: Yes. <laughs> I mean, the poster of Armelie is on the wall. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> on the wall and on the nose. Oh, yeah.
2: zing. <laughs> oh, zing, bitch. Yeah. Now who's living their realness?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, my one big note about this episode, I, I agree, the, the drag queen stuff seemed okay handled. It's just surprising because they're clearly cashing in on the popularity of RuPaul's Drag Race and, you know, the current culture that's sort of surrounding that which you know fine they're commenting on a pop mm-hmm. culture thing mm-hmm. but yeah why water it down with this lisa story i don't get it like yeah they have nothing to do with each other it made them feel so uncohesive when the french narrator started interjecting into marge's story mm. yeah. and it's just another one of these simpsons episodes where it's like you had two different episodes why did you have to mash them together
2: yeah, pick one and stick with it. Yeah, And I thought Lisa would actually been interesting to see Lisa more involved, or just anyone in the family, really, more involved with the drag scene. I think that could have been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, well, because we've already seen Bart in the past, you know. He thinks he could win the beauty contest, yeah. you know.
2: Oh, for sure. He would slay a girl in those heels. <laughs> he would be fucking everyone up. Oh, and I was also just annoyed that, like, in general, the lip sync was, like... I mean, it's animated. You could do anything. was yeah. <laughs> just kind of like no one was really dancing, or yeah. if you've ever watched any kind of like, particularly on Drag Race, because I'm not saying that you need to pull out all the stops and like you don't need to be doing backflips every millisecond mm-hmm. to be a good drag performer. It's like what works best for the song that you're trying to perform, right? Yeah. But like in the ones that are most memorable, Queens are doing like, flips off the stage into splits like slamming their crotches hard on the ground there's like fake outs there's props and i was just like why isn't anyone dancing it's what it's about it's dance
0: the only part of the dance i remember was when marge was flying around on strings and opened up a giant tupperware container full of glitter and i'm like that much glitter should be illegal (laughs) no one needs it no no
1: (laughs) that scene just really highlighted to me how bad the tracking is on my tv because once glitter hits my tv it just starts pixelating the fuck out what happens when glitter hits my eyes yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) it'll do that
1: Mm. yeah
2: yeah it just seemed a bit muddled i really didn't know what they wanted to say about Mm. either of these things and i don't think this episode had a lot to say really about anything
1: no, you and know. it's a shame because, like, there is something, uh, the farcical nature of, yeah, Marge pretending to be a drag queen, mm. but this whole revelation with Homer as well did not fly yeah. with me. And no. especially where Marge was like, oh, this is it. He's done it this time. And it's like, you kept a secret from him. Like, yeah. <laughs> huh.
0: That part I didn't care about at all. (laughs) Um, No, my whole problem is, yeah, she has a moment of, hey, I felt really accepted with you people and we're all having a good time and then Homer just accidentally ruins it. And to his credit, mid rant speech when he's like, Marge, what are you doing? He actually figures it out. He realizes, yeah. So (laughs) to his credit on that one. But, you know, the conclusion is, oh, he's in drag now and it's all okay. He's like, How? You literally had a great little speech about how you finally felt empowered and confident and good about yourself, and that was taken away from you. Homer being in drag doesn't repair that.
2: No. I guess it's, like, meant to be a moment of vulnerability maybe for Homer or maybe a moment to be like, oh, I see now. It's not done well. I will say, like, if you want that, like, there's heaps of – I can't remember what show, but there's, like, a a show where queens will make over – someone and be like a queen for a day and there's like a really great episode where it's um the son I don't know if they're into drag or just you know really expressing themselves through different clothes and and dressing in a non-binary sense but then their a bit more conservative dad gets made over into a drag queen and it's really cute and they bond over it and it's very very sweet. And that's the thing that this episode could have done. Like, you know, what brings everyone together? Why are these queens suddenly so supportive of Marge? I know it's mm. like a very supportive place, but like, you know, w- what's good about it?
1: Yeah. And I really wish they just dug their heels into it a bit more because oh, Lisa, sorry.
2: Oh, it's a good pun. Oh, <laughs> dug <shit>. their heels.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they should have really dug their high heels into this one, their giant platforms, because, yeah, the Lisa story was so inconsequential. Mm. And, you know, the big twist of that story of Agnes finding out this wasn't Skinner's journal, like, this scene was boring. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I zoned out a little bit during that. And then when it came back to the Lisa story, I couldn't remember why everyone would be mad at Lisa making Mm. a fake diary for Skinner. I was just like, I don't... I don't understand and I don't care and... I yeah. may have checked my phone.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's like, okay, mediocre plot beat, but, you know, what material did this lead to? What jokes were in this section? And it's like, you can stay up after Big Bang Theory and Skinner literally says Bazinga.
2: Ooh. Oh,
3: boy. I a
1: touch
0: point for you there. But, you
1: know.
2: There was one gag I liked, which was Bart playing the really long game in fucking with Skinner's life and making his cat yeah. fat. <laughs> I just really liked that as a strange gag that Bart was pulling long-term where he's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to break into Skinner's house and I'm going to feed his cat a bit more than usual. (laughs) (laughs) Tubby
0: cats are just inherently funny.
2: I know! He's only playing himself, because then Skinner will have an amusing
0: cat.
1: (laughs) This seems to be a running opinion of guests on this podcast, that chonky cats are adorable and hilarious. Chonky
0: cats are adorable.
1: Like, we reviewed that episode with Tom a few weeks ago, where Snowball 2 was sneaking off and going to other people's houses and getting all chonky, and he loved it. (laughs)
2: Uh, I'm part of many Facebook groups about specifically chonky cats.
0: Mm. Yeah, take that, Schrodinger. What people want yes. are chonky cats.
1: The cat is both chonky and not chonky.
0: are <laughs> both chibi and chonky until you check.
2: <laughs> um, apart Jesus. from that one thing, I found the B-plot completely forgettable. I don't think I have any notes about it.
1: Like, artistic-wise, it's nice that they're branching out and doing these things, but it feels so forced when Lisa literally starts the episode going, Guess what I did last night? I watched French films. And now we are oh, in yes. a French film.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could have yeah. just gone into the style parody straight off. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's just such a clunky, like, why would you have it explained just through Lisa saying it and not mm. take us to the last night when she was watching the film?
0: Mm. Yeah. Or like, have a dream sequence or something. Yeah. like and that. she just wakes seems up and, like, I want life to be more like that.
2: Yeah, which makes sense because, like, as a kid, you do that all the time where you're, Mm. like, watching Star Wars and you're like, maybe I will take on the bad guys and then you realise, like, (laughs)
0: life
2: is morally grey and you're like, oh, no.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I still check to see if I've developed the Force every year. So Yeah,
2: you got stuff. (laughs) You never know. But, like, that happens where you're like, I want to try this on, like, this Mm. life on for a while and sometimes you have pieces of media that are like, you know, the great thing about Amelie is, like, you can leave with being like, maybe I do want life to be a bit more magical and I mm. could do that.
1: What is this movie? I haven't seen it. Uh, it's oh, you it's haven't
0: a French seen Amelie? movie that's adorable, that has Audrey Tattoo in it. Basically, it's a very similar thing. She's got like a kind of fantasy life imagining of the world and, you know, tries to spread a little happiness and little bits of joy and stuff. I haven't seen yeah. it for a long time, but it is good.
2: It's wonderful. I love Amelie. It's one of my favourite films. Mm. And like the opening bit with Lisa you know with the little treasure box that's almost exactly the same as Amelie where she finds a little secret panel in her house and it has an old man's memorabilia box then then that kind of spurs her to think like well I could return it to them I could find who they are and I could return it to them and but she's also very shy so she tries to find these little whimsical ways of still reaching out and and making other people's lives better but she just can't you know, bear the actual social interaction.
1: Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, again, if they dug into that a little deeper, I mean...
0: I was going to say, well, that's really the connective tissue between these two plot lines is they're both trying out different lives and, you know, basically holding secrets as well to make things a bit more interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, the narrator tries to tie them together in the middle as well, with saying all the Simpsons women were having troubles, and with Maggie as well. And it does this weird thing where, yeah, she gets the pacifier with the um, pull and...
0: The the little, uh, yeah, I forgot what it's called.
1: F- Fisher-Price pull the string, animal making noise thing. Yeah. But then she does this escape that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I
0: know. I was wondering what was... And also, how strong is Maggie? She pulls that entire freaking cabinet that's got to weigh about ten times what she does. Mm.
2: Yeah, I found that not fun at all i was just like i don't i don't know what you're trying to pull here like i don't Mm. and i think that the problem with both of these stories is that they're parodies without any substance behind Mm. them there's no commentary or really it appears like further understanding of what makes these two different things very special Um, or why
1: they should be in the same episode
2: (laughs) yeah it it doesn't make any any sense to me whereas like the marge drag storyline makes a lot more sense and i think is the more compelling of the two because marge is a housewife the whole thing of like oh marge works as a drag queen all on her own because she's in some ways like very strangely stereotypically feminine Mm. that it's really fun to play with that. And I think that's this episode hinges on the idea that only, you know, biological males perform as queens and vice versa. Like it's not a thing of like women become drag kings and men become drag queens. It's not just like, oh, you take your gender and you flippity do it. Mm. Some people find that drag is a great way to express their own gender or, you know, their own conception of gender or sometimes it is to play with it and go, you know, I'm going to flip this on its head or what does femininity mean to me? What does masculinity Mm. mean to me? It's just a different performance of gender. And so I thought like the idea of it's like a woman performing as a woman what like it was just <laughs> strange yeah. and I like, it does feed into some yucky feelings i have especially like with rupaul's involvement in this episode i don't know how much you guys know about rupaul
0: nope not uh, much of anything <laughs> to their credit they do have a little bit where marge you know confesses to everyone they're like yeah we know
3: yeah and kind of pushing
0: the idea that it's more the embodiment of a persona because here she can take struggling housewife and make it a fabulous thing as opposed to an oppressive thing
2: exactly and i thought like the whole idea of marge the character was really fun and i'm like Mm. that's totally Mm. like i could see someone doing that as a drag piece like because she's just expressing mm. herself. Like, there is no subversion there. It's just her really finding herself and really living for it. And I think that's wonderful.
1: Absolutely. And, like, when she's getting dressed up as well and, like, the heels are lifting up her butt and all that sort of stuff. And just, like, oh yeah, accentuating what's already there. And she's a little tipsy and she's like, oh, hello. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's all really cool to see Marge in that light.
2: Yeah. And it plays with what you would do with drag where you're, like... I'm playing me. Essentially, there's just a bit more glitter on top, honestly. And, oh, I mean, th- I think I was going to say it. RuPaul has said some really bad shit <laughs> about any kind of, like, non-conventional drag queen, if that makes sense. Like,
3: mm.
2: there – oh, people are going to come for me. But there was a whole statement that Ru said once about not wanting trans queens on the show, Because Rue said that they would have an unfair advantage and, like, there was a whole uproar and blah, blah, blah. And, like, RuPaul's Drag Race, while it is, like, what most people think of for drag, like, there are bits where, like, it lags and it kind of, like, is very mm, safe in a certain way for, like, Mm. a lot of conservative people who might be watching. You know, in most people's heads, drag is, like, yeah, Reverse genders. I gotcha, Mm. but it's like, no, that is just what makes you feel comfortable and it's just only serving to confirm those weird gender binary conceptions that you have.
0: Mm. Just confirm what they've already accepted and they're like, Well, I've only just got my monocle
1: back in from finding
0: out that men dress as
1: women and
2: what (laughs) women are dressing as women. Ah.
1: Yeah. It's so unfortunately this case with this like two steps forward, one step back.
2: Yeah, 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 which is a bit disappointing. But, I mean, we get a little fun thing with Homer being in drag, which is, you know, he leaves the five o'clock shadow, whatever. I love a queen with a beard. I think that's really cool.
1: (laughs) Maybe I could have a career in this, I say, stroking my beard. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, think of how much glitter you could put in that beard, Elliot.
1: Paige <laughs> <laughs> be is already writing up the eviction notice.
0: I know. As long as I can stay 1.5 metres away from you with that much <laughs> glitter in your beard. Because that stuff sticks
1: and it does not go away. Uh, oh, glitter will travel more than 1.5 metres. Damn it! Yeah.
2: Glitter is a really great way actually to explain spread of disease because <laughs> you can be like... like spread of glitter. If you, yeah, if you covered <laughs> your hands in glitter and you think about how much stuff you touch in a day,
3: Mm -hmm. that stuff
2: would all have glitter on it. And, like, you know, there might be, like, a few specks of glitter, even if you do, Mm -hmm. you know, wash your hands. So, yeah, there you go.
0: (laughs) Powerful PSA there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we're very top-heavy on this one, so I'm going to have to breeze through the question. But Uh, Play Count, have you seen this episode before today? No. Nope. First time for me. Ellen?
0: Not a once.
1: If you watched it one more time, B.J., you I could know. have I watched... know. I could have
0: won for a change.
1: I never win. Was this a particularly <laughs> wacky episode of The Simpsons?
0: Not, not hugely, other than the ultra-strong Maggie.
1: The song and dance number, but again, again. I agree with you, Alan. There actually was not a lot happening. Surprisingly
0: no, restrained I... for a big song and dance number in The Simpsons, Yeah.
1: Y- yeah.
2: Yeah, I didn't think it was wacky at all.
1: Which is a shame because that's like the scene where you could, yeah, really play with the the tropes and dial it up a bit. Oh,
0: yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: There was a joke I liked when, you know, Gil's handing out flyers and Lisa's trying to help him, and she and Bart crisscross by, you know,
1: taking flyers and changing
0: costumes rapidly. I like a quick, rapid costume change joke, and that was a little bit of whack.
1: That
2: was really nice.
1: Well, yeah, it's these farcical moments in this episode where there's so much potential, but then, yeah, what it leads to is so disappointing.
2: The, I mean, we we also skipped past a little something in this episode that I feel like I could contribute yep. to, which is right. um, the Simpsons Index Fashion Corner. Wink! Wink. <laughs> Wink. Yes! I was hoping you guys would do it. (laughs) Yeah, so there was, I mean, with drag, it's all about expression and, like, more is definitely more.
0: (laughs) Finally, someone that understands that concept.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I really did love all of Marge's looks in her whole drag experience. Like, it's like the riff off her Chanel suit, like, with the... Mm, I was going to say. Yeah, because it's like the Chanel suit, but it's in a more kind of uh, pin-up style dress, you know, cinched at the waist, but then flaring out from the hip which is very, very cool. I like the little quiff that they give her. They give her like a little curly fringe, Mm. which is nice because we don't see Marge play with her hair much at all.
0: It's either up or down. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. And never the twain shall meet. (laughs) And not in drag, but the red gown that she wears to dinner with Homer is really, really hot. Like Marge doesn't wear a lot of red or just Mm. gowns or like certainly show that much cleave on a daily basis. Um,
0: Yeah. But girl can get it. Oh,
2: girl can get it, even <laughs> if she doesn't have any eyebrows, which was an abrupt shift to go from drag Marge with full, full-on eyebrows to then yeah. no eyebrows at all. <laughs> that took some adjusting, too. And, of course, the end gown, there was, like, some pearl beading on it. It's like a lilac colour, if I remember correctly. But it was just like, I love to see margin funny dresses and hmm. we should do more of it. Well,
1: again, I think the fashion as well was like accentuating this idea of her character as well being like house mum chic. Yeah. Like, dare I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- they were really playing with it and yeah visually like yeah i was into what they were doing there it really accentuated the character and yeah it felt like an extension of marge rather than her adopting a different persona totally
2: like i think someone should do that as an act like the um the fog from the fog machine on the on the stage then being revealed to be her ironing board that's great and that's what Mm. drag's all about like it's fun yeah and it should be a way of, of expressing yourself
1: no oh, absolutely and you know homer he definitely wore that dress at the end he
2: did wear <laughs> that it. little
1: uh black shimmery number
2: yeah you know it was cute it was cute <laughs> i liked the wig i guess his natural color is blonde maybe i don't know mm. home with eyebrows was a weird thing mm. To get yeah. used to.
1: <laughs> and I feel like him uh, stuffing with oranges was a callback to his father who did the same thing in World War II. <laughs>
2: that is uh... not an unbooby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family secret.
1: <laughs> but how about the emotional core of this episode? Did we feel the ba bumps? I mean, for Marge, yes, I do
0: like that she takes on this kind of more powerful persona and that starts to leak into her normal life. Like when she uh, gives Helen Lovejoy hell in the supermarket, or like, mm. oh, you're just angry because your husband would rather play with trains than play with you. Oh, Everybody yeah. Everybody get on board. Every- everyone with Helen. was like, "Whoa, damn. <laughs> I felt I, I, that, yeah. Just meow. <laughs> but I don't like the conclusion of that. I wanted there to be a sense that, yeah, Marge maybe not be in drag anymore, but she's taken a little bit of that persona with her and maybe she gets like a, a quick little sniper at someone at the very end like she takes Homer back and then maybe Helen Lovejoy's there again going oh I see you've settled once again and she just gets off like one last shot to say hey yeah she's not gonna not gonna
1: see at least my marriage is on track boom
0: trains and all hells yeah we gotta (laughs) get you some eyebrows Um, (laughs) eyebrows for everyone (laughs) just a little bit to say that she's not gonna be in drag in the series anymore but she's taken something away from this experience even Mm. if you don't necessarily see it so yeah I just I don't like how once again she just immediately forgives Homer and it's all over
1: yeah Yeah. The resolution with Homer just bugs the living fuck out of me because this felt like the writers really didn't know how the plot beats connected with each Mm -hmm. other because, like, I don't get why Marge was angry at Homer. He didn't, like... He yeah, didn't he, do he, anything on purpose. Yeah, he did
0: it accidentally. He even walks in when she's, you know, in drag at the Tupperware party. He's all, like, shocked. And then, he, like I said before, he even realises what he's done wrong mid-rant. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, he gets it immediately.
1: Yeah, this wasn't yeah. a jerk-ass Homer act. Unlike, you know, a few other points in the episode where he was, like, all pouty and, like, oh, fine, I'm going to Moe's. I can't stay sober at you. That was gross. Yeah. That was gross, but
0: even the lead into that, Marge was like, oh, you put the wrong Tupperware together. You just go away. And was like... Mm. He literally stacked two tough away. He was trying to help at one point.
1: And yeah, what I hate about this ending is it should have been a Marge disappointed thing. You know, we've mm. seen it dozens of times before. Marge wanted to have this thing and it got taken away from her.
0: Yeah, have the whole, yeah, that she's not angry at Homer because he, again, he figured out what he did wrong and he was sorry, but have it that she's just lost what she had and that's yeah. enough,
1: I think. No, she put yeah. importance on this secret that she kept from her and her husband. And it's, yeah. I don't think she has a right to be angry at him.
2: Mm. I totally get what you were saying, BT, with the like, wow, awesome, Marge is feeling empowered and she's finding fun in who she is and and how Mm. she presents to people. But I just feel like they didn't take it anywhere and there wasn't a feeling of carrying on Mm. or a lesson learned. Mm. And Homer is just really confused throughout this whole episode. It's like, what is actually the conflict here and what is he upset about and why does that manifest and and what's the fallout from their fighting it just yeah it just feels confused and messy and um it's a hot mess Occur. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes this bitch is a hot mess um yeah. <laughs> like and with Lisa's story as well it just feels so inconsequential like I like the idea of Lisa spreading joy but the whole Agnes Skinner thing was just grating from the minute that and it didn't really serve as like a plot twist on it and then which made the ending of the roof lunch just feel that unsatisfying and again I, I was zoning out this was so boring
0: yeah, yeah, we went to talk about the heart of this episode and we just didn't no. about her, her entire story.
1: But ultimately, no. did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons?
0: No. Like, the in a way, in the sense that the joke telling was just very different. There are a lot of, like, short, sharp puns. And some of which landed and some which didn't. There was one about, um, oh, Homer, they've garnished your wages because of that condiment war you started. And it's like, oh, yeah, garnish. What? Okay, fine. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> just... Yeah, little things like that that feel a little bit more, I suppose, on par with what you'd expect out of, like, there are a bunch of kind of drag puns and quips like that. And, you know, that's not the only secret I've got tucked away, that kind of thing.
2: Uh, Tops on bottoms, everyone. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Well, it's actually something that I liked about, because we've seen it before with Tipsy Marge is actually an unintentional stand-up comedian. Yeah, And when she's making all these unintentional puns, like, I do think that was a bit of a fun scene.
0: Mm. I you know, oh, like when yeah, when she didn't sure. realise what she was saying. it's just it kind of continued on. And then you get things like, you know, Mel's a drag queen. He's like, my bone is taped to my leg. Like, mm,
1: okay. <laughs> just yeah. visualising how that works. <laughs> Don't do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta tuck, baby. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta tuck. Yeah, it felt weird, to be honest. Like, it had the shape of a Simpsons episode, I guess, <laughs> in that it was... 20 or so something minutes, and we are using the characters. And yep. there were some kind of really amusing jokes or gags that I, I chuckled at. Like the beleaguered nonna having to leave bingo <laughs> <laughs> because Homer's gonna fucking demolish this little Italian diner. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, that was a good show. Uh, what'd she say? You should be like the,
1: the, the G, G, G in gnocchi, gnocchi.
2: silent. <laughs> So fucking good. Is that
1: something uh, your nonna said to you a lot? My
2: nonna would say? Well, they also said gnocchi really weird, which annoyed me. I feel like they said gnocchi or, I don't know, it was whack. But she would not say that as she does not speak English.
1: Oh, <laughs> right, right. So, Fair whatever enough. the
2: Italian equivalent is, yeah.
1: <laughs> but see or no, would you watch this episode again?
0: I don't know if I have anything else to mind, but it would be an interesting kind of cultural artefact, I think.
2: yeah. I probably would not. Uh, Well, actually, I might if I wanted to actually ape the Marge as a drag queen idea Mm. and, like, perform that.
1: Oh, not bad.
2: Yeah, I would probably, like, steal some ideas from this.
0: Yeah, if I was doing, like, an essay on how, uh, you know, pop culture filters various subcategories of people.
1: Yeah, I think it's an interesting study of, like, another show's reaction to the popularity of another show or, Mm. yeah, just a movement of subculture in general, definitely. But BT, what would you like to change about this episode?
0: I mean, I think we already covered it. We even came up with a good, like, pun finisher to burn Helen Lovejoy one last time. <laughs> just give us a sense that Marge, is, you know, even though she may be not performing anymore, has taken something away from the experience or maybe has made new friends. Just something, it doesn't have to continue on in the series per se, but just the sense that, yeah, there's a little bit more there. I just, I don't like how the heart is handled in this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my, my main point is we hit on this so much. When the Simpsons parody a movie or a TV show or something you know the best ones work without you being aware of Mm. the source material and the Amelie thing again I feel like I would have gotten it a bit better if I'd seen the movie which I hadn't and so it feeling so inconsequential like I'm just like why is it here Mm. Um, that's my big point what about you Ellen what would you like to change?
2: Make it all about Marge, like do the drag thing, but do it well. My clowning teacher, Hugh, he kind of discussed like the triangle of parody with us which is kind of like, oh, man, I've already forgotten. Wh-
0: it's uh, air, fuel, and fi- and
1: uh, heat, I think. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but, um,
1: no, it's uh, the sci-fi, it's the heart, it's yeah. the joke. No. <laughs> it's, uh, it's-
2: no, where he talks about, like, the best parodies have the parody, which is the form, right, that it takes, mm-hmm. which for this would be drag or the familiarisation of someone performing drag, mm-hmm. but then there's, like, an affliction. Uh, I'm butchering this, but basically it's, like, you could do the straight parody which is much just drag, but mm-hmm. the best things have something running underneath, and I think this doesn't have anything under the surface. It's just a facade. I want to see what The Simpsons has to say about presentation of gender and self-expression, and maybe Homer also gets involved, and maybe they compete.
1: Oh, there you go. I
0: thought you're going to be like a, like a two person show, but no, it's a competition.
1: Yeah, why not? Well, cuz that's the thing. I just from, you know, the way this episode was presented and advertised, I thought this was going to be have like an actual cameo of the show RuPaul's Drag Race in it. Mm. Yeah. And man, if they did that storyline with Homer and Marge going head to head, that could actually well, work.
0: Yeah, cuz there's an interesting conflict in what you were saying in, you know, traditional drag, which is a man in a dress, and yeah. what's coming up is more uh, the expression of identity, which is, you know, then women doing the same thing. There's a nice little head to head and that's your your commentary, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've made a Did better episode, it? everyone. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're here. Ellen, do you have any other notes about this episode?
2: No, I think we said everything. The whole drag scene and like its involvement with you know the LGBTQIA plus community is really interesting and fraught and complicated. And yeah, I think it would be nice if there was more complexity or just, you know, do your research guys. Like if you like drag, if you like what you see in drag race, like look up more cause there's a lot more stuff out there and, you know, people really pushing boundaries and definitely check out the show pose as well. Oh, cool. For, you know, some great exploration of ball culture, which is like, let's be real where a lot of drag culture is also derived from.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think you made a great point before is that, yeah, this take is just so surface level and it's, such a letdown that, yeah, they didn't dig a little deeper.
2: Yeah. This tea is lukewarm.
1: Totally. How about you, BT? Any other notes? <laughs>
0: yep, sure. Uh, I do like at the beginning where Marge's like, oh, Homer, relax. He goes, okay.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> you never yeah. see that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. The the hair salon is called Curl Up and Die with Dye.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's been a mainstay, and mm-hmm. yeah, Julio's been working there again since three days of the condo. And I also yeah. like when he's
0: like, well, "You need a makeover," and then just gets like a full airbrush with the motor power <gasps> oh, and everything. Yeah. It's like <laughs>
2: I've had makeup done that way, and really? it is weird yeah that sounds
0: terrifying
2: yeah airbrush makeup it's really really interesting i mean i had it for some like crazy sfx makeup where i had to be like a fish so like my whole face (laughs) was like painted blue and and glittery and stuff but yeah it was really cool
1: you're a drag king you're a drag fish we're learning so much about (laughs) what you've dressed up as
2: look i present as a fish (laughs)
0: This is my feeling that the things they use to, you know, spray paint panel vans should not be what people (laughs) use to paint people. But all right, hey, if it works.
2: I think they use slightly different tools, Mm, or at least clean (laughs) clean them between uses.
1: I should hope so. It's not an actual makeup shotgun. Yeah, someone's
0: just you know spray painting a Boris Vallejo painting on your face, and it's like, wait, what? (laughs) And actually, that was my final note. So, Elliot, back to you.
1: All right. Marge mentions, you know, she really wants to have a checking account. Who has a fucking checking account? Marge.
0: Who has
2: an account?
1: Oh, not yeah, this guy. Going. I'm poor as shit. <laughs> but no, you guys work in retail. Does anyone ever hit the check button on the...
0: Not that I've ever seen, but I no. you know, pretend I'm not looking,
1: so... Yeah. No,
2: there's a little alarm that happens when someone does that and we can immediately throttle them to the ground.
1: <laughs> Get out of here, you checky scum. <laughs> yeah, I would rather you pay with a jar of pennies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We find out that old Jewish man was in a coma and he doesn't know who the current president is. Oh, he's having a bad time. I really hate when Simpsons mix in that reality.
2: Yeah, I don't want (laughs) to remember.
1: The Cletus Spuckler household used possums for water bottles. Yeah. Yeah, tight bladders. Mm. Yeah,
2: hey. I'm sure I've seen Bear Grylls do something yeah. like that.
0: We've seen Bear Grylls do some shit. that just He didn't need to do that.
1: I've been stuck yeah. out in the um, wild for two hours now. Better drink some piss. <laughs> That's the one where he's like, there's not much
0: nutrients in these nuts I pulled out of this bear shit, but it's all I feel like,
1: then don't eat it!
0: <laughs> oh, why did you not pack right. a sandwich?
1: Oh, is that is the he... one where he squeezes the shit and water comes out something and just like drinks that. it? Oh.
0: Yeah, it's like, why you, you're yeah. so prepared. Why do you not pack a lunch? God.
2: He's prepared to be unprepared come on guys you know this
0: (laughs) i have a sandwich with me at all times (laughs)
1: This is the second time in way too soon a time that Simpsons have made a lemon party joke that we've found. And it was so clunky, yeah. Tupperware party this way, lemon party that way. You saw the word party and you want to remind us of that.
0: It's like they only just found out what it was. Like, guys, it's the funniest thing on the internet.
2: Yeah, that's a very old, Mm. old joke. Let it die.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That means probably in season 32 they'll start making blue waffle jerks. Uh. Um, (laughs) Fuck that! It is time to rank this thing on the Simpsons Index. We rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe the episode was just—you give it a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got okay, bronze, good, silver, excellent, gold. But for the best of the very best, the episodes which the Simpsons could not exist without, you give cubic zirconia. Now I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Look, I'm going to give it a participant. It wasn't as Bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was still not very well handled. It wasn't quite a failure, but having said that, the elements really did not come together for me for this one. So, participant, Ellen, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing, participant. Like, it didn't rank as failure to me because, like, there was nothing in there where I was just like, oh, come on, or like, this is actively terrible. I just think sloppy and misused and Lacking a lot of the wit and comedic understanding of a particular culture or phenomenon that The Simpsons has proven that they can do. Yeah. It just leaves you wanting.
1: No, absolutely. And, you know, it's not one of these things where it's, like, actively harmful like that episode with Jane Lynch we watched, Yeah.
2: Yeah, like I thought the – I kind of said, like, baby's intro to drag or a very Mm. safe interpretation of drag and like that's not a bad thing and i um, hopefully maybe it will encourage people to you know be more engaged and and maybe check out more drag and experience it for themselves so in in that way it hopefully will be a positive influence
1: Mm. yeah and UPT finished off
0: i did come in a little bit further down on this one but through discussion it's kind of raised me up i don't think i was ever at risk of kicking it in the pit of failure but i think if they just stuck the landing i could have given this a bronze but as it is i'm going to give it a participant i think it handles its subject matter relatively well for the the simpsons who have screwed up a lot of subject matters over the years Mm. could have gone deeper but i don't mind that it is largely just a surface exploration as well so yeah if they just stuck that landing yeah yeah but uh yeah participant
1: Alright, well, averaging out, don't need to average. Everyone said participant. It's unanimous participant. That's right. what they call it. It'll be <laughs> the third episode from season thirty that we've given a unanimous participant. It'll be joining Krusty the Clown, where Krusty runs away from his show to join a circus. Oh uh, yeah. Which a good good premise, boring episode. And also The Clown Stays in the Picture, where Krusty is the guest on Mark Marin's podcast where he uh, talks about yeah. his failed sci fi movie. Ah, mm. 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 Mm.
0: <laughs> look forward to it.
1: <laughs> All right. Before we move on to greener pastures, we must ask: Is that reputation justified? Is that
0: reputation justified?
1: We- Dennis per- <laughs> we- Dennis Perkins of the AV Club.
0: Dennis, the wild card Perkins
1: gave this episode a B plus.
0: Of course he did. You just keep that wild card up.
1: <laughs> this pass. is like if we were doing the currency conversion with our scale. This is like a silver. Uh, He goes on to say, Omni and Sayers have penned a spiritual sequel to Homer's Phobia that might not equal one of the show's most groundbreaking and enduringly funny episodes, but is still so locked into the core of the show's heart that it provides a blueprint for the show going forward should anyone in the Simpsons hierarchy care to listen. Dennis,
0: Dennis, Dennis, (laughs) Dennis, Dennis. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. Dennis. (laughs) I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, look, it's. If you were comparing it only to other season 30 episodes, I get where he's coming. Like, because we have the luxury of reviewing these out of order and we, you know, (laughs) mix it up. We do three. We get a classic in there every third episode. So if you were only watching Bad Simpsons, I could see that. But yeah.
0: (laughs) This is why he's the wild card.
1: All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Let's leave it behind and move on to the teens era. We're going to watch The Last of the Red Hat Mummers. Ooh. What a clunky pun that is. <laughs> we'll be back.
0: <laughs> Red Hat mol- what the fuck? I even know this episode. I'm it's
1: meant gonna... to be Last of the Mohicans, right? I
0: think, but it's so far off. Yeah. yeah.
1: And we are back, and we just watched our teens era episode. This was season seventeen, episode seven, "Last of the Red Hat Mummers," which I thought it was "Last of the Mohicans," but apparently it's a parody of the movie "The Last of the Red Hot Lovers." Oh. Oh. Which obscure old 70s movie starring Alan Arkin oh. Anyway, nice. but this episode It was first released in November of Oort 5 It was directed by Matthew Nastuck Written by Joel H. Cohen In this episode Marge finds a new group of friends Who it turns out are planning a heist In Mr Burns' mansion And in the B story Lisa is learning Italian from Middlehouse Hey Al, what'd you think? Hey, that's all right. (laughs) You know, Ellen, I actually picked this episode because it has connective tissue with the next episode we're doing. I completely forgot about the... You forgot um, that I was Italian? Millhouse mussolini van Houten story. What is
2: happening? All of these episodes are, like, very linked to me, but, like, mm-hmm. not chosen for me.
1: Well, you were just <laughs> saying as well before, your Nonna doesn't speak English. No,
2: she doesn't. Um, she also
1: whack you with an olive branch?
2: Yeah, but, you know, that's... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, no... She's on the shorter side, so probably a, a more literally low-hanging fruit would be better for her to whip me with. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Maybe a persimmon branch. I don't know. Fig branch. There's always fig trees in any Italian's house. Yeah, yeah. I'm my family's Italian, so I found elements of this uh, quite good. I've got in my notes. I'm Millhouse. Sad face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had a, I had a lot of fun with this episode. It just felt very silly yes, and inconsequential, mm. which is sometimes really good in what you're looking for.
1: But not in yeah, so much of a grading way as the newer episode. What mm. do you reckon, BT?
0: Yeah, mixed feelings on this one, because I knew which episode this was going in, and then at the beginning I'm like, oh, this is actually better than I thought it was, and then there was a bit of a slow decline. It never got to, like, bad, just not quite as good. Like, the beginning is quite punchy, Mm. and there's a lot of fun to be out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there are so few Marge stories that they're the least played out that it's always good to see one. And, Mm. yeah, Lisa's, I have mixed feels
1: on. What are you
2: going to (laughs) say, (laughs) BT? I
1: I don't know yet. (laughs) Well, I'm going to jump ahead a question and just play count. Mm. Have you seen this one before, BT? I have. Ellen? No. Yeah, I've seen this episode a bunch, and this is like a perfect hangover episode, I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, it is fun and silly, and yeah, it really peters out at the end, but not in a way that feels. It's not anger making yeah. what it Yeah,
2: you get no sense that anything from this episode means anything or matters or yeah. has any long term consequences. Although yeah. Lisa should know Italian from now on, I guess.
0: Yeah, in theory, she's, you know, uh, she's able fluid. to go to Rome for the summer now.
1: So hey. like, oh, yeah. That was
0: her initial plans. So.
2: Yeah, unless Skinner never
0: got back to her. Also possible. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Oh, man, Skinner making plans. So I was like, oh, that's how I plan things. <laughs> yeah, I, I did
0: like that back and forth. It was like, well, you need to speak a few phrases, but not right now. How's tomorrow yeah. for you? Literally,
2: was it not planning for this episode? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Where we were just like, wait, did any of us confirm? Nah, shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, vague plans, then the night before, I'm like, we're doing this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) It's like the John Mulaney sketch where he's talking about how he hates all these songs by young people. Because he's like, they're always about it being tonight, and tonight's the only night. I want songs written by people in their 30s. That's like, uh, tonight's no good. How about next Tuesday?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. He's an amazing comedian. Oh, he's so
0: good. He's so good.
1: Let's talk into the questionnaire. BT, what's a moment that stands out to you from this episode?
0: I'm going to go with my big negative on this one because I hate this joke. It's when uh, Lisa's talking to Sherry and Terry and mm. Lisa walks away and they're like, oh, let's now talk in our secret twin language. And then let's talk gibberish for a few seconds. And that's it. And you're like why is this here? This is pointless and stupid and I hate it.
1: And it could have been one of those things like, I don't know if you ever played the drama games where, yeah, you'd have conversations in gibberish and, you know, you'd oh. try to like make it look like an actual conversation. This was just them going blah, 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 over at the yeah, top of each and other. And like,
0: that's the entire bit. And you're just like, okay, what oh am my I taking God. away from this?
2: Unrelated, but I fucking hated those games. We had to play them a lot in acting school and like, mm oh, man, do I hate having to talk in gibberish. It makes me so, so fucking stressed out. I I never want to do it ever, ever again. Because, like, we played a game where it was basically it was kind of like musical chairs, but you would be dancing with a partner and then our teacher would bang the gong or whatever she had on hand and then basically point at anyone in the room and say, you, you're not having fun. And you would have to plead your case with her (laughs) <laughs> that you should be allowed to stay and keep dancing But you had to do it in gibberish
1: uh, This
0: is a very elaborate And confusing game
2: <laughs> Uh now you're talking acting school Baby Yeah
1: <laughs> yeah. this is the shit that I missed out on When I capped out at high school drama You know I was all about space jump And zip yeah. zap <laughs> bop, bang and shit Space jump is dope
2: Space jumps for kids man
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're in the universe jump I don't know it's This thing. ain't
1: your little brother's drama
2: <laughs> Yeah God, I hate that game. Uh, I can't remember (laughs) what we were saying. Oh, yeah, twins suck.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's uh, this weird thing of, there. the Simpsons, this is a well that they return to, much like the... Wiggum and Lou snippy relationship. Although I didn't hate that one, although I thought it went on way too long.
0: It did, but I kind of liked that it went on from them snipping at each other to like just just finally speaking honestly and permission to hug Chief. Granted. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I love their friendship. I think it's really (laughs) cute. (laughs) Especially
0: backed up with uh, Eddie directing traffic. It's like, Eddie, you go direct traffic. You're the graceful one. Look at him go.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And I like how supportive they are of each other, like watching Eddie from the car and just be like, why doesn't he have a girlfriend? Ah, uh, beats me.
1: <laughs> and I like it's how he is cute. moving, like, you know, you see those viral videos of the tra- uh, dancing traffic cops yeah. and stuff like that. It looks really good. Ellen, what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse?
2: Probably the Italian stuff. Most of the Italian <laughs> stuff I really found quite
0: funny. Yeah, I wanted to ask, how's Lisa's Italian in this?
2: Honestly, I can't fucking tell you
1: because I don't <laughs> speak
2: Italian.
1: <laughs> ah, okay. Che cosa?
2: Yeah, I could get some kind of word. Obviously, like, little ones like that, like, che fai, che cosa, I, I know. Mm. So I, I got a few words. This sounded pretty good. Her early Italian makes me incredibly nervous because I'm like, like, the accent's obviously not good. And I'm just like, uh, this is why I don't speak Italian because this is my exact fear of, like, having a terrible accent when I speak Italian. Yeah, but probably maybe the flashback with Milhouse's nonna thrashing him with the, the olive
1: branch and calling, <laughs> calling him an idiota. Um, oh, that, that poor little kid. He's just like, I love you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm dumb.
2: him. Ah, ah, ah <laughs> um, it, it really, I spent quite a few uh, months over in Europe a few years ago visiting family in Italy and like I don't speak a word of Italian so the whole thing was kind of like that where they're like eh, like little bits in Italian maybe and I'm like uh. yeah so that I found quite funny yeah the the uncle bastardo very, very <laughs> it's a good joke whatever
1: <laughs> no it really is and I thought this was a very cute storyline for Millhouse and Lisa to play out it's just I think they rushed to the conclusion a bit with it because it was really nice seeing... Lisa view Milhouse...
0: In a different light and with a degree of respect.
1: A bit more intelligente. I'm using what Spanish I know to translate to... <laughs> um, Italian. <laughs> they're all Latin-based languages.
2: I have to translate the Italian through Spanish to then back to English.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm really doing a Marge-Selling Tupperware on this one.
0: <laughs> all those hours of learning Dothraki and it hasn't come up yet. <laughs>
2: uh, nuts.
1: Oh, but that's one of the jokes I wanted to point out is Lisa initially learning Italian... I was originally getting a good joke out of it. You know, I want to rent a boat. I'm like, yeah, learning Duolingo, you've learned the stupidest phrases startup. Oh, yeah. like- yep.
0: Shout out to Danny, who always texts the weird mix oh, text he get whenever Duolingo's like, I want to buy this toaster, wife.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I do want to buy this toaster, wife. Yeah. Please help me, Duolingo.
1: But yeah, with Duolingo, it's like yeah, if I want to travel, you know, to any Spanish-speaking countries, I don't really want to know how to say I have a black jacket. Yeah, no <laughs> one
0: needs to be able to ask where the library is. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to. Yeah,
2: come. and it's always like very, very formal stuff, which is like mm. that's not going to help me anywhere. Like mm. most places are, are not going to be speaking a very formal version of this language, and like oh, it's I'm fucked anyway because most of my family speaks dialect. So,
0: yeah, yeah. what do you do? Yeah, it's simple. All you need to know for any language is yes, no, please, thank you, bathroom. The rest is mime and you're fine.
2: (laughs) Most of Italians mime. Eh! 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 eh, Forget about it.
1: So when Lisa, yeah, she's learning Italian on the bench, I thought that's what the joke was going for. And then it was teaching how to say mobster stuff and then the visual of, Italian for Italian Americans, and I thought that joke just sucked.
0: Is a better version of that you could put together? I yeah, think. I
1: think maybe if it was just written as Italian for mobsters or yeah, but that's... saying Italian Americans, I thought was shitty.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. If it'd been like a fat Tony teaches Italian, you know,
1: or who actually wrote the Godfather, Marco uh, Mario Puzo. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Duolingo by Mario Puzo. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I put a horse's head in your bed. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing.
1: You come to me
2: on the day of my daughter's wedding. (laughs) It's a terrible Marlon Brando. I apologise, everyone.
1: Wackiness. Was this a wacky episode of The Simpsons? Oh, Oh, for sure.
2: There's a heist. There's eggs. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. We see what an amazing arm the crazy
0: cat lady has. Because she hocks that cat directly over the roof and clears it with like a mile and a half to go. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. I mean, good work on the cat's part as well. It takes two to... Throw a cat, you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> one to propel the cat and one to be propelled. <laughs> also, Marge's hair stays up with Johnson water seal and just Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> That's uh, a nice
3: love sound love a good effect. Folly joke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and later on when they're putting the hat on her head and it sounds like when you're twisting balloons, mm-hmm. like
3: yeah.
0: yeah. They get a lot of sound effects out of twisting balloons. Wasn't there one where like someone's nipple got that sound?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they were being tweaked? What? Are you really I think on the yeah. swame episode?
2: You oh, really man. ought not to twist a nipple like you would a balloon. <laughs> Unless you're into it, I guess. I about but... to say,
0: don't kink shame. <laughs> I'm
2: just worried about it coming off. And it's a giraffe.
0: <laughs> Ow. <laughs> but also Mr. Burns gets his eyes rebald and his brain flushed with vinegar and don't oh,
2: forget his man. knees are
1: back from the shop. Mm. Yeah, it's
2: quite unpleasant.
1: <laughs> uh, did you have any other wacky notes, Ellen?
2: the um shattering of the Easter Bunny yeah and using it as a as a, like a shiv or bottle. like yeah as, a, as yeah. a
1: broken bottle
2: I quite liked that also was this intentional was Quimby's wife meant to have like a Jackie O inflection yeah, or affectation
0: definitely. especially the way she says parlor
2: parlor yeah it was it was very strange and I'm like it only tweaked for me halfway what they were Mm. doing. Where From the start, I was like, what voice is this?
0: Yeah, well, the suit's very Jackie O, and the uh, accent is very distinctive to her. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like, the
1: Simpsons staff have always had a deep fascination with the Kennedys, and always used Mm. Mayor Quimby as a vehicle for Mm JFK-isms, but, yeah, his wife being Jackie O is, like, not super consistent over the series, but there's always, like, some elements of her fashion as well, like...
0: Yeah. It must be weird to be iconically romantic. Remembered in the suit that your husband was shot in. Mm. <laughs> That's gotta be. Um, weird.
2: I actually, this was when I was in high school. One of my ha- Halloween costumes was Jackie O on in the pink Chanel suit.
1: Mm. Oh, Ellen, <laughs> with blood spatters. <laughs> yep. all over.
2: that may have been in poor taste. Uh,
1: (laughs) May have been,
0: but it is an incredible piece of, like, there's that great photo of Lyndon Johnson being sworn in and Jackie was still wearing the same suit. suit.
2: Well, I mean, uh, like, we say how odd it would be, but, like, she did that. Yeah. She chose to be in that suit. Like, specifically, I want people to see what happened to my husband. So I think it's pretty powerful.
0: Um, I'm not saying it's like a negative. It's just that it must be just the weirdest feeling in that room of, yeah, yeah, the blood of your predecessor is literally on... You know this uh, the ex suit. first lady, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. What happened to the first guy?
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you should see the other guy. Oh, Whoa. these boat jokes are bad. <laughs> oh
2: no, we should get out of here. Uh, <laughs> it, like it's a, an okay gag that Quimby's wife keeps pressing buttons that just have go-go <laughs> dances and whatever. But yeah. like
1: another reference to JFK. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but it just like it doesn't resolve to anything, and I'm like. Why not resolve that with, like, the security also being sexy ladies? I
1: don't know.
2: <laughs> Are you saying go-go dancers don't deserve a bit of freedom? They need to g- stretch their legs out of those cages.
1: Yeah, I feel like they have got so little warning before it's showtime, you know? I know. Press the button, get in, get dancing.
2: Yeah, I really just do feel like they're actually just women in cages. Uh, <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs>
1: I was just secretly hoping in the roof that there's like a staff room, and mm-hmm. yeah, they get like the flashing night light like uh, when it's time uh, to come uh, on. Yep. But yeah, that would imply that they are essentially prisoners. Let's,
0: let's assume that when someone enters the room, they get into the cages in preparation. Oh and yeah. And when someone leaves the room, that's when the warning light goes off, and they can go about. Ah, their, you know. that's a good
3: this system. Is, there's
0: a happy compromise for all of us to feel better about yeah. these go-go dancers.
1: <laughs> there is an ethical way to imprison go-go dancers.
0: <laughs> people for the ethical treatment of cocoa dancers. Uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, oh, actually before we move on from wackiness as well. There's also the Easter egg hunt which I thought a lot of this material was very cute. Yeah, poor
0: Maggie's just always reaching for one and ah, that bit with Ralph always just dropping one <laughs> dropping the egg through his basket.
2: <laughs> Yay! Yeah. He was happy I though. do wish it hadn't been so stupid. Like I wish that maybe he'd like taken a step or something because mm-hmm. I like I can very easily see kids doing that where like you might be dropping stuff from your basket and then like yeah. you backtrack and you're like, oh my God more stuff and then yeah, I like, know it...
1: kids are
0: morons.
2: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I, I wish Bart didn't point it out. I wish it was just yeah a couple of times of Ralph dropping the yeah. egg but yeah, yeah I still think that's a very cute moment but, but I'm definitely gonna give
0: and I do like that this starts and eggs and and, and ah, starts and ends with eggs.
1: Ah, ah, but what came yes.
2: first? The egg or the egg? Mm.
1: <laughs> the Fabergé egg or the regular kind? Uh. No one knows. Oh, they're not actual <laughs> eggs. Neither of them. Mm. they Easter, Easter eggs. eggs. But how about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel the bumps?
0: Yeah, a little bit right at the end where Homer's like, oh, look, no matter what happens, you'll always have one friend. And Mm. and I I like they didn't underpin that by having him say, oh, me or, you know, some other like the ironing board. uh." No, they just (laughs) let it hang. And like, good, that's the way you do that.
2: Yeah. There was like emotion towards an emotional story with Marge Mm -hmm. in that. Once you get past childhood or being a teenager or even even young adult, it can be quite hard to make friends. Like, Mm. especially once you get over a certain age. And I think that's a real fear and a real problem that happens. And I definitely think that would be a really good thing to explore with Marge. Mm. Like, when she first meets the, uh, oh, what are they called? The Cherry Cherry Red Tomatoes? tomatoes?
1: Mm. Is that it? And also, yeah, they call them the last of the Red Hat Mamas. They were pink hats.
2: Yeah, yeah, get it together, people. Uh, Yeah, like, there was some real sweetness in in Marge finding um, joy and and friendship Mm -hmm. and that it was kind of like you know, not with any kind of ulterior motives. And then halfway through this episode I started to get very stressed out because I'm like, oh, no, everything's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is the one kind of bit of anti-heart I want to complain about is they get to bullying Marge quick.
2: Yeah, yeah. I wish it hadn't been so – I wish it had been, honestly, like more like Ocean's 8. Uh, have you guys seen Ocean's 8?
1: Oh, no, but, you know, building the crew, the heist movie. Yeah. The music's Musical yeah, like – like, dun, 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 they're the like. <laughs> Planning and then they're doing that thing where there's overlaying screenshots and stuff. Yeah, and then you do the thing yeah. where you explain
0: the plan while the plan happens. While and then it's happening, the plan is done.
2: And then when there's a hitch in the plan, oh no! There's a secret explanation that we didn't show you on screen. And then think it's all. Yeah, I wish there had been some excitement in mm. in that. I wish that they had been like, "Hey, Marge, we like you, and we want to involve you in this heist." Mm. Not now you're in and you can't get out.
1: Yeah, Um, the attitude and the feel just sort of turned on a hairpin. It was really unearned. Mm.
2: And it was really nasty as well. It could have been still quite sweet. Like, my favourite thing in Ocean's 8 is, like, there's a hitch in the plan, oh no! Because it's like pinning around getting this celebrity played by Anne Hathaway to wear this diamond necklace and then remove it off her. Mm. And then basically she ends up coming across them after the fact and being like, do you guys think I didn't fucking know? Of course I knew. (laughs) And then they're like, well, why are you getting involved then and not turning us into the police? And she's like... I don't have that many female friends. <laughs> <laughs> <And
0: it's> like, <laughs> I, want yeah. I wanted it to be like, because I'm planning my own heist. Are you No. In? <laughs> heist <was> just,
2: <laughs> yeah, she literally says, this seems more fun than a book club. And <laughs> I freaking love that. And I wish that had been a thing where it's like, mm. Marge is like, hey, why not? It's a way to make friends. <laughs>
0: Or at least, you know, uh, I don't really want to do this. My friends, like, they, I just don't like how they immediately turn on her and they're like, bare hair, bare hair. Yeah, yeah like,
2: it, it would have been, like, great to have maybe, like, from Marge, like, a refusal of the call where she's like, no, this isn't for me. And they're like, okay, like.
0: And then they get in trouble and she shows up and she's yeah. like, oh, I came along anyway. Yeah, she yeah. should
2: feel inspired to help these people out. Yeah. And, like, you know, that would have been a great moment of her returning and being like, you know what, really... Fuck over, Mr Burns. It really is a victimless crime.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you're right. It is a victimless crime and it is, like, a redemption as it is in the story. So it doesn't make sense to me that they're so nasty about it. Yep. Like, this is a charitable cause. They're Robin Hooding here. Like, I don't know why, yeah, they've got such a nasty attitude about it. But also similarly with the Millhouse story is that, like... I like the idea of the plot pivot point that Milhouse has gotten a bit of confidence from hanging out with Lisa and he didn't – it wasn't explicitly stated, but, like, he didn't realise how much of a commodity being able to be bilingual was – and now his confidence is up, and he's seeing other girls. Like, I like that idea. The way they did it was just too I was about quick.
0: to say you were reading way too much into that.
1: Well, I like like I saw what the Simpsons gave us, and it totally mm. wasn't that deep. But I could see some more potential of that story being so fleshed out. It's just a shame that it went by so quickly. Yeah, and where it's basically yeah. just hey,
0: Millhouse is kind of sleazy now.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I can say this, but Italian men ain't shit. <laughs> I was like, as much as I don't think this is well done, when I was in Italy, my whole family were like, we've got to find you a nice Italian man. And I'm like, no, I would (laughs) rather die. Like, I was just like, no, 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 no. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, because Italian men grow up, like expecting their mum to wait hand on foot on them until they die by which point they would have got a wife who is mm-hmm. expected to act in a very similar way.
1: Like, damn me for being born Irish. That sounds awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, like, uh, Italian families like are built upon the back of the woman. Like, you know, very strong women because mm-hmm. they have to do everything. But yeah, I'm obviously generalising and like may be specific to my own family don't come after me people i'm serious (laughs) but you find a lot of italian men who are who are kind of like that
1: well i mean i do like how millhouse gets knocked down a peg as well Is that yeah his hubris totally gets away from him and i just i wish that was so much further explored
2: yeah Mm. i almost thought that was going to be a twist yeah, You know, he says to Lisa, you can't speak Italian. You have to feel it. You have to live it. And, like, I thought that was going to be, a, like, a twist where, you know, she mm. comes at him like his nonna did and he's like, yeah, now you're feeling it. I had to get you mad <laughs> yeah. so that you could speak with a passion.
1: <laughs> speak yeah. with your hands. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it happens accidentally. Mm. It might have been, yeah, way more satisfying for Millhouse to go, ah, the, this was always the lesson. And then she hits him with a branch Uh, the
2: signorina has become the signora. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, that's a good line. I'm going to keep that.
1: (laughs) Pretty solid. But ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving like themselves? Yeah, sure.
2: Yes? (laughs) I feel like the main Simpsons are. Yeah. Milhouse is a little off-brand, especially when he's in
1: Little Italy,
0: basically being Godfather 2.
1: Which, I like the visual reference, but his accent is grating.
2: Yeah, it gets really, really old. Surprisingly, when he's speaking Italian, not so bad. But I was going to say, yeah, the main Simpsons, like our family, they feel right, but all the supporting characters are just not quite. Like, even Ralph for me was just a bit like, is that too dumb for Ralph? And like the Mm. twins are strange and Milhouse is not quite right either.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that take because I like as well Homer's like not trying to get in the way because he's a jealous husband or anything he's just like concerned for his wife mm. yeah he doesn't uh, want
2: them to get arrested
1: yeah
0: which
2: is fair
1: and i
0: do like his line of i came to save you the police followed me <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes or no would you watch this episode again
0: sure probs
1: not eh? Uh, <laughs> nah?
2: like it was okay if it was on i wouldn't turn it off how's that
1: yeah, this is like total, I already said it, hangover fodder, you know, laundry episode. This is, yeah, a great Simpsons episode that's not one where you're completely holding your attention. Mm. That was the end of my point anyway. Yeah, What's you the were, were going to say
0: <laughs> playlist. No, okay. Well, screw you. I have a thing. I have a new hat playlist oh, uh, yeah. for, you know, when you only move twice and Homer gets that hat. Uh, when Abe Simpson gets his fortune and gets that uh, little fez and mm. Malibu Stacy's new hat. So there's the new hat playlist, you bastard. <laughs> oh, there
1: you go. Did you have any playlists that this episode could go in, Ellen?
2: Yeah, like, so I know that you curated this with perhaps a Marge and Red maybe playlist. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the theme, but it could go in a Marge wears Red.
0: Yes, Margie and Red.
2: Yeah, as well as a... Italian nonna (laughs) playlist Really specific.
1: Yeah. And I I do love the joke how it is revealed that Luigi can only speak a, how do you say, the fractured English.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I love that. There's a show called Pushing Daisies as well that has a a similar joke when they go to like a big baking contest and Mm. someone's like, Blah in German. And then the the guy in Lederhosen is like, I don't speak German. I speak English mit a German accent. <laughs> Pageantry. <laughs> it's very good.
1: Oh, wonderful. But PT, what would you like to change o- about this episode?
0: I'd tweak that whole ending. We've already pitched around a few ideas, just how the heists go about. And I really don't want the Cheery Red Tomato Suppression Marge so much. It mm. feels... Just really wrong for what has come before it, Uh, and I want her to be a little bit more unsure about the heist, but still goes along with it of her own volition rather than bullying.
1: Yeah, as much as I like the section at the start with the Easter hunt, it's largely irrelevant from the rest of the plot. So what my main thing is, is I want the Burns charity thing to be done at the start. Yeah. So that is sort of a little bit more fed and informing the episode, because... You said it, BT, as cool as the egg book ending is, it's like... Well,
0: yeah, just have it. The Easter egg hunt is at the hospital, and that's when Mr Burns is going to give the money away, and then you you don't have to flash back to it because it's already happened. I like it.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, How about you, Ellen? What would you like to change?
2: Uh, Yeah, that's a good change. Get rid of the Easter egg hunt. Make it more of a heist and make it more about friendship, actually, since that's the Mm -hmm. the root issue and and where the meat of the um, emotional moments will come from. And you know what? Maybe for the Italian stuff, push it further. Maybe, like, you get Milhouse and Lisa acting out, like, a full-on Italian life. It's the B-plot. You can go silly.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they were going to, yeah, largely parody a French movie, like, I'm sure there's a lot of Italian romantic tales they could parody using Milhouse and Lisa as the main characters. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we're here. BT, do you have any other... Oh, before we get to any other notes, our guest star for this episode, did you guys pick up who was playing the lead? What was her name? I didn't write it down. The lead cherry Red Tomato Lady?
2: Tammy. No, I didn't, but I did recognize that voice.
1: You know what I'm going to say. What are you going to say? Meryl Streep. It was not Meryl <laughs> Streep. It was Lily Tomlin.
2: Ah, ah. there we go.
1: Yeah, an amazing actress. And mm. BT, do you have any other notes? Okay, so bits from the
0: Easter egg hunt. I do like peekaboo. I steal from you. And Silly <laughs> Rabbit Kicks her for ribs Yes I, I can't figure out If I like or hate Tyrannosaurus sex It's just It's so dumb But I kind of enjoy it It's um, actually
1: maybe one Where I wish they did The plot beats a bit more And Homer being like Rah
3: Yeah
0: um, I also like that Homer tried waiting up For Marge In his little feedie pajamas I know. Yeah, Nelson's line of, don't be in love, stupid, and just punches Millhouse.
1: <laughs> there was another non-Nelson Nelson moment in this episode mm-hmm. where Lisa's looking at the flyers and it says, Martin Prince's bike, for sale, contact Nelson.
0: Yeah, good little bit. And uh, my final note is Mr. Burns talking to his dogs about how they're going to go to the groomers. He yeah, that's adorable. who's a stinky dog?
1: <laughs> <clears throat> and yeah, my notes, the Homer has a weird dolphin fantasy
0: I did like his um you know should be someone fun with a great laugh and a little athletic and he pitches a dolphin I like that It maybe went on for a bit too long but yeah
1: eh. oh and I forgot to mention the musical moment from this episode a little bit of REMs everybody hurts oh mm. yeah. Sometimes,
2: aka super
1: <laughs> super sad song.
2: Yeah, good song to walk to when you're feeling really sad.
1: Oh, it's such a walking the sad a, lonely street song. Song for sure. Yeah,
0: <laughs> real life montages.
1: Just get out of your car and start walking. Yeah, that's a very niche <laughs> reference to the music video. Um, and my final note is, I love this joke where Homer's watching TV and it's like, no one's fuck sports. to classic. Fuck sports. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Fucks. <laughs> It's time to rank this thing. And Ellen, you're going to go first this time.
2: Oh, shit. I'm going to say bronze.
1: Bronze. Mm
2: -hmm. Don't know why. Maybe I'm just feeling goofier as the day progresses (laughs) because I was toying between participant and bronze. But, I mean, I feel like the silly bits of this episode are quite silly. I feel like it clips along at a pace, which is nice. Like I feel like there's wasted opportunities, certainly. Oh, maybe, do I want to go to bronze? No, fuck yes. it. I said one thing, I'll stick to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Alright, BT, what do you reckon? I'm also
0: going to go with the bronze. I At the, about the halfway point, I was like, oh wow, this could get a silver. This was much better than I thought it was. Unfortunately it does kind of dip from there. I think we've come up with some better ideas just in this room right now of how to put it together. You know, it's there's some fun to be had there, it's just not amazing. So I'm happy with the bronze.
1: And I'm going bronze as well. Like, this is just... I have a soft spot for these sorts of teens-era Simpsons where... You know, nothing's offending me, uh, mm. but, you know, it's not... It's the, not
0: engaging um, you either.
1: Yeah. No, but it's perfectly fine. It's okay. It's bronze. It passes the time and doesn't make me feel regretful for, yeah, sitting down for 22 minutes. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, unanimous bronze. The first unanimous bronze from season 17 for us, which should really do well for season 17, which is currently ranked as our worst Teens Ooh. Era season.
2: Oh, no.
1: When we average out all the seasons... Uh, 17, yeah, it's the 24th best season Yeesh (laughs) Yeah, so this should bump it up a little bit. (laughs) All right. now it's time for a classic episode and we've hinted at it a lot and um, I mean, you listening would have seen the episode title anyway, so you know what it is You cheaters. We are going to watch Scenes from the Class Struggle in Springfield and finish off our Marge Fashion Dress Playlist Go on Wink, wink. <laughs> oh, actually, just before we do, I forgot to ask you: What about the um, the cherry red tomatoes? What do you think of their outfit?
2: I mean, it's very like classic fifties. You've got the lapels. It's a short sleeve dress, uh, cinch at the waist and flaring out from there. So it's like very simple. I like it a lot, and I I like margin red. It's nice mm-hmm. and it's very classic. And I I kind of ache for a lot of those. Errors of fashion because it was meant to be something that you would wear all day but then it's also meant to be quite stylish and fashionable as well which you get you know like that dress you've got your your arms are covered the lapels give you a little bit of neck but obviously you can wear it and look sensible at the same time and like Mm. a cinched waist just does wonders for everyone. I mean, just, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Cinched oh, waist,
1: people. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, come on, people, cinch those waists.
1: And BT, were you alluding to Millhouse's fashion as well?
0: Oh, well, with the Godfather reference. Yeah. I, I don't know about fashion, man. I just know about movie references. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, because I think Millhouse as well. I think red is a great colour for Marge. I think a nice white suit goes very well with Millhouse. Yeah,
2: you? I agree, actually. Yeah, not a lot of people try white. I guess it is a very scary color.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm petrified! Like yeah. those people that you see where, like, they're wearing pants that are like so white that the reflective light is hurting the eyes. It's just like oh, I for sure. In a second. <laughs> I mean,
2: every Dolly magazine I read as a young girl uh, seemed to have some horror story of I wore mm. white pants and then I perioded on the pants and then I was sitting on a couch as well that was there white. It was also white and the carpet was white and the <laughs> carpet was white. Everything was white. Ah.
1: <laughs> All right, let's go watch our Classic Era episode. We will be back.
2: Woo!
1: And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode of the day. This was Season 7, Episode 14, Scenes from the Class Struggle in Springfield. First released in February 96, it was directed by Susie Dieter and written by Jennifer Crittenden. Just before we get into the episode review, just want to point out that this was the first time that The Simpsons had an all-female director and credited writer combo.
2: Mm. Oh, holy shit. Mm. Oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, but who wants to have a guess how many more times this happened throughout the rest of the series, which is about 670 episodes now? Three.
2: I'm going to say a big, fat fuck you, and it's probably like three.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Both guessing three. Well, um, now I'm just going to read out the seasons where it occurs, because it doesn't (laughs) occur more than once per season. Obviously. So anyway, it happens in season seven, this one. Mm -hmm. Happens in season eight with Grade School Confidential, when Skinner and... Crabble get together, Mm -hmm. then in season 11, Mm -hmm. season 16, Mm -hmm. then 17, and then not again until season 30.
2: Wow.
1: So six times total that, yeah, they've had all female writer and director.
0: Well, if you combined our guesses of three each, then we were right at six. (laughs) That's how guessing
1: works, yeah? Yeah, Ellen guessed yes. the first three, you guessed the second three.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, combined, yeah. our total.
1: <laughs> but in this episode, this is the Marge Chanel dress episode. What did you think? Uh,
2: I love this episode. So good. I think it's great. And I, I, I wouldn't have guessed it, but it makes so much sense that it's an all-female team because I feel like this is such a specific... I mean, like, class struggles are kind of felt across gender but specifically as like a woman and with fashion and presentation mm. like it's such a specific anxiety and i feel like it's done in a really nuanced way
0: yeah absolutely
2: i think this is such a great exploration of marge and yeah i just th- i just think it's a fucking great episode i think it's so good
0: yeah just th- we see a lot of new elements of characters here but they all feel organic and earned so mm. yeah yeah like I do really like the big kind of the, the painful heart moments, are when Marge snaps at Lisa for and Lisa's just being an excited eight year old, and we so yeah, rarely exactly. see that. But even though that's not typically her character, it fits completely.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's just Lisa, but like wound up, and you know, I feel like those moments hit hard because, I mean, with the dramatic irony, we know the stress and the secrecy mm. and the tension that Marge is feeling. Whereas Lisa is unencumbered from all of that. So, like, we're getting the sense of, like, you're pushing too far, Lisa. You're pushing too far. But really, like, if this was a, a happy scenario, why yeah. you would be exactly the same. You'd be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I can't believe you found two in the same place, the odds. and
3: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And just, just being wound up from her day horse riding. Something yeah. 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 Marge told her to find
0: something to enjoy and not complain, and she did. And she's, you know, really excited talking about it. And, you know, that's pushed too far, like you said and i just like how that's displayed with the bed slowly not dancing Mm. anymore just oh yeah
1: (laughs) oh the subtle work and foley and atmos in this Mm -hmm. episode it really highlights how much it's missing from later ones oh yeah yeah so let's hook into the questionnaire ellen for better or worse what's a moment that stands out to you
2: Probably, like, the horrible ripping of the dress Mm. and the the meme, as we all know it, of, you know, at times like this, all you can do is laugh and Marge just sitting down in silence. It's horrible.
1: They hung on it for perfectly way too long. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and the tension that escalates, like, yeah, it really encapsulates this, this feeling of, like... When you're trying to broach class divides, you can never be yourself, like you can never relax Mm. because you always have to be performing, you always have to be pretending. And because in society, you're already a few steps back, you have to be more inventive and more imaginative, Mm. and you have to prove yourself, whereas no one else does. It just really captures that the sense of like the pressure and the tension that. Marge is dealing with this in, in this episode and it, and it it has to come to a crash. It, it, you can't live like that.
1: No, absolutely. And doing it through the view of fashion as well, because fashion is something that should be an expressive part of yourself, but also there is this nasty side to it, which is, you know, the others judging you. Mm-hmm. And so being able to use fashion as, you know, the way to talk about class divide, I think is just really well done in this episode. And Marge sort of being always two steps behind because she has to keep altering this suit to make mm-hmm. it look new and she's not passing with it. Oh, it's hard to watch.
2: Yeah, it's not nice. Particularly, like, we touched on, like, nastiness, but this is done in really subtle, nuanced way. Mm-hmm.
1: So underhanded.
2: No one is being outright nasty because that's not the game you play mm. in these kind of, like, societies. You say the little thing yeah. that cuts just right. Yeah. So you can play it as, um, oh, we're just laughing, you know, yes. we're just joking or mm. it's just jokes amongst friends. But it's not because mm-hmm. Marge has something to lose and they don't.
1: I hope she didn't take my attempt to destroy her too seriously. <laughs> I thought yeah, changing exactly.
0: suits was out of fashion, eh, Marge? Eh, mm.
1: Marge. Mm. Oh, Sin <laughs> sucks. yeah Yeah. i mean
0: i think you mean she rocks (laughs) sorry just to skip the white part i want to note for better or worse her idea of wit is nothing more than an incisive observation humorously phrased and delivered with impeccable timing yeah like a flawlessly delivered sentence are just so well written i love that line
2: it's just banter
1: that is just Uh, an amazing (laughs) sentence those are great words together
0: that's one of my favorite
1: lines of anything Yeah, And is that what stood out to you for better or worse?
0: It is indeed what stood out for me for better or
1: worse. What stands out to me for better or worse? What does
0: stand out to you for better or worse?
2: Yeah, what stands out, Elliot? For
0: better Uh, or
1: worse. Well, it's a subplot that only really creeps in right at the tail end of the episode, but it Mm. really does help feed the Marge story is, yeah, Homer and Burns' little Mm -hmm. golfing game. And I thought it was really cute how, like, Tom Kite instructed him at the start. (laughs) And just by, like, encouraging Homer to be himself... Made him a better golfer.
0: Yeah. I do like when he starts off and he's putting like, two golf balls on the ground, puts oh. his feet on both of them, and just smacks his own foot, and then he's like <laughs> twelve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
2: the like reverberating of his own leg yeah. is mm. very, very. Oh, it made me feel no good in my mm. tummy.
1: <laughs> but the traditional way of cheating in golf is to lower your score. Like he's That's even one giving way. hints on how to cheat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what every golfer needs. Tom Kite is very helpful, and yeah, our one guest for this episode, he did very well. I reckon.
0: Yeah, for a golf professional, you don't expect him to be much of an actor but he nails it. <laughs> it. does.
2: I guess he's playing a golfer.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But how many sports stars do we get on who like can't really deliver any kind of line?
1: Yeah. Tom Kite has range. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also because, you know, doing the analytical watch this time, mm. like when Homer and Burns are playing golf in every scene, Smithers runs way ahead and like yep. Burns is just naturally having a hard time keeping up because it's Burns and yep. it's like a really clever, subtle way to just plant the seed that this is what's happening. Yeah, and I like how it ties mm. into the
0: main plot, especially right at the end when you know, it's like, ah, uh, Mr. Burns has a lot of sway here. Maybe perhaps if you... Kept the decades of cheating under wraps, Mm. you know, and then I was like, I don't care. I finally got one over on Burns. Yeah. But does your wife? And he's like, oh. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. The sacrifice of, Mm.
0: you know. Uh, It's beautiful. And she never knows.
1: Play Count. Have you seen this episode before, Alan?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know how many times, but like, definitely watched it a lot growing up. This is one of my favorite episodes. Mm. And like, I guess we kind of have, like, a Simpsons family. I mean, we don't have, like, a baby, but growing up it was, like, you know, dad, mom, me, and my brother, and, of course, Santa's little helper. Um, (laughs) And, like, I don't know, there was some kind of, like, jokes about... Mum, you know, being the face of the family and, you know, constantly ribbing us to be like, can you not like I I know my mum says like stuff like that to me and my brother nowadays where it's just like, can you just not (laughs) say anything political, please, at (laughs) Christmas lunch? And I'll be like. I won't start it, but I'll sure shit finish it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your
1: butler's last name? Or first name. I don't remember which one. <laughs> first name. If butler's. it's in butlers, mm.
2: they're first. Oh right, right. Um,
1: so it's last. <laughs> uh, BT, have you seen this one before?
0: Oh man, I've seen this enough times to have thirty three hundred dollars worth of credit at Chanel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> which wouldn't get you that much to be no.
0: honest. Oh, it doesn't.
1: Unless you're buying <laughs> nuts and gum. I mean which I am. And <laughs> beer.
2: <laughs> I love the Chanel gum. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's weird, you know, as a kid, you know, being a boy, you know, I love yeah. the Bart and Homer episodes, but this one was just one that I really returned to a lot, and I love the dynamics going on in here, but that's more for the emotional side. Let's first, before we get there, talk about the wackiness. Was this a wacky episode of The Simpsons?
2: Oh, for sure. I feel like because Marge is playing it so real and, you know, really gunning for it emotionally, and Marge, everything's really, really real, that when we cut to, like, Anyone else, it's just super, super ridiculous and silly. And even like examining how these rich people live, like, honestly, rich people are a trip. Like, they (laughs) ain't living like we are. Like, everything about their lives is ridiculous. And like, just watching these people and.
1: Well, watching Marge try to relate as well. And it's like, you know, I get free food, but it's because of recipes. And, you know, sometimes (laughs) the best meal is the one you cook at home. And uh, then them regaling the story of the time they tried to microwave their Microwave own soup. But their I love own that soup. back and
0: forth of dialogue just for, it shows how Marge does manage to fit in with these people because, you know, they find a weird sort of common ground and to them Marge is probably like, oh, you know, my, my much more traditional friend.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah. They f- probably find her amusing.
0: Mm. And yeah. like
2: as a novelty.
0: But yeah, also for whack, I do like, Mr. Burns has a great little line here. If you're there, fill it up with petroleum distillate and re-vulcanize my tires post-haste. <laughs>
1: Like, I still don't understand why this is here. It's so- because it's funny. Because <laughs> it's, it's a rich Elliot. person.
2: Rich people don't know how to do things for themselves. <laughs> like, I occasionally, yeah. like working at a servo, still get asked to like fill up people's cars. And I'm like, really? no, no. Well, but that's
0: never been a thing in this country, was it? We Not ever fucking have doing that. Attempts? Yeah. No, like, if they're super old and they literally can't squeeze the handle, I guess, fair enough, but, you know.
2: Well, I guess, but then also, why are you dry Like, yeah. do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> no, because we've had American guests on the show where we've explained that, is that, yeah, people pumping gas isn't a thing. And, like, mm. to the point that I remember when I saw Bring It On when I was, like, 12 yeah. or whatever, that, um, what's the chant?
0: One of the, to- that's all right, that's okay. okay you're you're gonna you'll pump be pumping our gas someday.
1: one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, go Wildcats, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wildcats. And I thought that was, like, a big insult because, like, you're not even good enough to have an actual job. This is like a task that you are meant... That we had meant to, to make one mm, up yeah. for you. <laughs> but it turns out it's a thing in America. Yeah,
0: well, it's like a few years ago, it was, I think it was Portland changed the law. So people, you didn't have to provide a gas station attendant. People, you can see like photos of them like, trying to shoot fuel into the the, <laughs> the gas tank. Oh, and like God. You know, posts of people refused, like sitting in their car, no, I'm not doing it. This requires a trained professional. Yeah. This is dangerous. And it's like... What the fuck? Really? Yeah, it was bizarre. Are.
2: That's so strange
0: Yeah, look up Oregon, I don't know, petrol mm.
1: failures
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ we'll do And that
1: was maybe three years ago
2: What are they doing over there? What uh, do you mean trained professional?
1: And so people have genuinely asked you to do their gas
2: Yeah, yeah wild what do you get wild
1: I shit. know I mean
0: in this COVID world at work we do get people to try and pack their own boxes of wine when they've gotten like individuals and I've, I've gotten some scathing looks from the concept of people having to put their own wine in a box <laughs> oh, like this look yeah. of are you kidding me? I, this is not what i pay for
1: do you know who i am <laughs> i just bought a 30 dollars bottle of wine and i would
0: like it put into a box thank you
2: yeah yeah money does crazy things to people i <laughs> yeah. think yeah and i guess it's like similar to that class thing where it's just like i expect you to do this for me yeah because i hold more sway yeah it's it's whack and and what a better, like, show to delve into it than The Simpsons, mm. who are, like, the perpetual lower middle class. Yeah,
0: yeah, this is something I really love about the classic era, because you back when they were, you know, lower middle class family, and their big adventure was, maybe we get to go to a country club. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. we're going to Italy, or we're all now investigating robots or some garbage like that. It's just... Oh yeah, maybe Marge will
1: get into a country club.
2: Yeah, like it really reminds me of how wonderful Shits Creek is. I don't know if you guys watch Schitt's Creek.
1: So many people have been on me to watch that. But <laughs> yeah,
2: it's really, really great. Basically, like really rich family, bad investment, and uh, dodgy accountant means mm-hmm. that they go bankrupt and they have to hide out in like not hide out, but the only thing to their name is the deed for this town called Schitt's Creek, and. Right. Yeah, basically you, you find them developing as people emotionally and maturing in ways that they haven't because, because any obstacle in their life previously has been solved with money.
0: Yeah, so you're saying it's about a wealthy family who loses everything and the one town that has to take them in. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> but like the writer Dan Levy was saying like it's interesting for a show where money could be a fix for a solution so mm. you just take that out.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you alluded to, Beach, they just do that um, in Arrested Development so well, and like, it's why it was like a show that resonated with my family because, like, yeah, I, I grew up quite wealthy, and um, but not like butlers and servants wealthy, you know, more like because
0: you... you don't know their names doesn't mean they're not <laughs> your servants.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, have you heard the term "cub" for a cashed-up bogan? <sighs> that's <No. laughs> that's essentially that's... what we were. I've we... heard the word uh... "cunt." <laughs> <laughs> we were also that but like we weren't overly spoiled growing up but there is still a bit of that arrested development where yeah so many of these problems are just solved by throat and we are kind of a bit screwed up because of that and like yeah. we see it all the time when we watch arrested development yeah in these rich people now facing poverty sort of situations it's yeah do you like arrested development or
2: Honestly, I've only seen a few episodes. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get people being like, I'm going to fucking watch it. Oh, I'll, I'll add it to the list. Jeez, guys. Um,
1: yeah. There's always so much homework after these podcasts.
2: Mm-hmm. I know. I know. And I have enjoyed episodes that I've watched. I feel like sometimes it veers too cringy for me.
1: Yeah, It can be very difficult at times, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I feel like I'm a very empathetic person. So sometimes cringe comedy, I'm like, no, no, I can't, please.
1: <laughs> no, Totally. <laughs> The other bit of wackiness I wanted to mention was Marge's inner monologue. Yeah, I'm just here. Your <laughs> skull
0: stopped 13 inches ago.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, that's so good. But I feel like it also like highlights how she always has to be thinking. Like you can't just sit down and win a game. Mm. It's like it's like fucking episode of Death Note or something where <laughs> yeah. it's like, what <laughs> this mean ah, but if, if I win this tennis match. <laughs> But but maybe they're thinking that I'll be thinking that I can't win the tennis match so I'll have yeah. to lose, but then they'll be expecting that and blah blah blah. It's just like <laughs> you can't ever relax and like it's a funny joke, but like the comedy is really fucking clever because of the underlying issues it, it draws humour from.
1: Yeah, well, it's also a bit about what we we're talking about in the last review is how hard it is to make friends. And, you know, aside from all the class and fashion stuff, yeah, this is Marge trying to make a new group of friends as well. And those sort of fights you have in your head of mm. trying to make, you know, a good first impression and all that. And-
0: well, that's the thing about first impressions. You only get to make one.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Susan sucks so great. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, to be fair, her first impression... Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> She's a bitch. I hate her.
0: So, oh, so you're the catty bitch who's going to try yeah. and
2: destroy me. Okay. Yeah. Do you like her fashion, though?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, that's something we should explore because that's the other thing that I didn't notice until I did my research for this one is that, yeah, the animators had a fun time with this episode because <laughs> to illustrate the point that Marge is wearing the same suit all the time, mm. they made sure that all the other women changed suits every time they were in a new day. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, have
2: yeah. To. I didn't actually take notes a lot on the country club women mainly because, yeah, like they constantly changed outfits which I guess like doesn't sound that revolutionary but in an animated show you're, you're used to everyone wearing the same thing and like you know Marge in mm. you know, her green dress and blah 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 and like I know I would always be like really excited when it was like winter ones and then she would wear a coat and it's like yeah. Woo-hoo! <laughs> costume change everybody
0: mm. yeah yeah the jacket says let's have lunch but the culottes say you're paying <laughs> you're
2: paying yes I love everything that Marge does it's such a cool thing and like to see how cleverly you can rearrange and alter the same mm. outfit to be many different things i mean you can't like yeah. <laughs> the things that she does with that i'm like yeah that is impossible but <laughs> whatever i'm i'm down with it it's great and it works and um
1: well it's again illustrating that point of yeah it- Having the problem solve of money. Marge doesn't have that solution. So no. she goes to tailoring her own dress, which she's yeah. quite clearly skilled at because mm-hmm. she's obviously been having the- to do that for several years.
2: Yeah, exactly. And um,
1: <laughs> what is it? Having to buy pants for a full seated husband and three active children is <laughs> <Yep. laughs> something <Yeah>. about stitching. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> but I mean, and the thing that is kind of fun about, I guess, all the wealthy women is that, like, None of their outfits really stand out, mm. which is the thing I hate about mm. these kind of rich people. Like, if I'm rich, you're gonna catch me in fucking Versace gowns <laughs> every day. I want to be dressed by like Lady Gaga's people. You know, I want to stand draped out in
0: velvet if it was socially acceptable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like yeah. there's this annoying part of like you know certain echelons of wealthy people where it's like we have money but the thing is to not flaunt it and it's like you flaunt it by being rich bitch you might yeah. as well enjoy it <laughs> fuck off like <laughs> i'll buy this
0: three thousand dollar jacket but no one will notice that it's three thousand yeah, dollars. yeah it will be it's <laughs> like
2: the thing that really annoys me about the kardashians where i mean like Kim K always kind of, like, brings it to galas and things like that. And she's always pretty adventurous with what she wears. But, like, the whole family in in general have kind of introduced this trend of just, like, beige. Everything's just kind of basic. And, like, it's all to do the same thing, which just be, like, form-fitting and also simple. Mm. And, like, there's no crazy patterns or designs or crazy fits And, like, yeah, you see that a lot with the women where they're all kind of subdued colours. They're either pastels or kind of beige or browns. Like, there's no really bold colours or anything. Like, it's all very Mm. demure, Fitting
0: in,
1: basically.
2: Classy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, that's the thing that I noticed is that, like, each woman sort of stayed with very tightly within one colour. Like, they weren't, like, their outfits didn't really contrast within themselves that much.
2: Yeah. Like, the only person I really kind of was drawn to was, like, yeah, what's her name? The bitch. We don't like her.
1: <laughs> uh, Su Sin, I think, yeah.
2: Su Sin. Yeah, mainly because she had some kind of very harsh silhouettes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like, everything was kind of very straight edge and rather, like, evocative of kind of, like, twenty cuts where it's you're trying to get that straight down illusion and especially with the hair that it's this kind of like very severe bob at the same time Mm. and she's like into like fascinators and different kind of hats which is always fun like of any of them hers was the fashion i kind of kept looking at Mm. everyone else is just kind of sorry ladies you're basic
1: (laughs) but no yeah susan was very pointy
2: (laughs) Mm,
0: yeah
1: (laughs) but let's talk about the heart of this episode Oh God. Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> come on. Again, it's just those moments where Marge yells at Lisa and ah, uh, and even yells at Maggie or well, stares at Maggie. Mm,
1: oh yeah. But yeah, Homer's lying like now that your mum's better, she we know how awful we really are. Like I yeah. have a feeling Homer was actually saying that genuinely. Like oh, yeah, absolutely. he wasn't saying it to cut Marge or anything. It's just like, oh, we're bad.
0: A golden retriever doesn't understand sass. It understands, yeah. Oh, I guess I am bad. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's another thing as well. I was just like, uh. It sounds crazy for someone to say without guilting someone, but you have Homer being so without tact (laughs) that, like, Mm. I don't think he could guilt someone if he tried. He's just not the kind of type to be able to manipulate people with words. So, like, what he says is what he says. And I think that saves it and makes it, more viable that someone yeah, would say that
0: totally um, also do we know if this homer nixon is any relation to richard
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh no they both spell <laughs> and pronounce their names differently
0: <laughs> Pish <bosh>, i'll organize <laughs> a game and i'll ask him myself
1: <laughs> that's so good.
2: <Yeah>. it's <laughs> such a good such a good gag as well because the whole thing of like nixon is that presentation really did fuck him like yeah you know that's why they televised the debate because they knew jfk He's a very good-looking man, very Mm -hmm. natural speaker. He looks commanding and charming. Whereas you know that when you put the close-up on (laughs) sweaty-faced Nixon, he's going to look like a crook and a liar and just a shambles of a man.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, yeah. He somehow looks like, you know, when uh, you do know all the stuffing goes down to the bottom? That's what he looks like, (laughs) but sweaty. (laughs) Nicely done. What
2: a humorous observation (laughs) delivered with impeccable timing. Humorously (laughs) phrased. Oh, man, that's great.
0: Mm.
1: Take that, Nixon. But, yeah, I really love how the heart escalates in this episode and you see with Marge desperately trying to fit in and she's sort of going through the motions and not really seeing outside herself. So Mm. that's really what I love about that final moment. Yeah, Mm. that was my
0: revelation on this episode is that Marge becomes the suit. Oh, mm, She's ah. no longer herself. She is merely the fashion presentation. That mm. then gets destroyed as she when she steps on the needle. Yes. <laughs> and let's not forget uh, Homer's fashion as well. The tie <laughs> with the short sleeve shirt oh, In, in yes. the in the vein of Sipowitz. Who
1: yeah, we were I, coincidentally I, talking about a couple of weeks ago on um, when we did a podcast with Rosen B. Yeah.
2: I don't know who Sipowitz is, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the Homer Badman episode? The sexual harassment one. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh yeah. And
1: they do that Fox night at the movies with Dennis Franz playing Homer. Portrait of an ass grabber. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's the same guy
2: oh okay i mean i will say yeah don't wear a tie and a short sleeve, <laughs> like a sh- short oh, sleeve shirt oh but what shirt. if it's a
1: black short sleeve shirt with a red tie and i've got my emo fringe covering half my face oh
2: that's fine get out of here green day <laughs> <laughs> that's perfectly fine um, i don't want to be an
1: american idiot but i do want to wear short sleeves and a tie <laughs> put in a song i'll allow it <laughs>
2: I mean, like, I feel like with a black shirt as well, that's different. But mm. like with a white shirt and a tie like that, it just looks like you're a, you work in an office, like in a weird <laughs> office.
0: That yeah. demands you wear a tie, but said nothing about the shirt.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, a singlet, mate.
1: <laughs> but ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yes.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. A fantastic yeah.
0: exploration of what it means to be Simpson. Mm.
2: Yeah, and it's that thing that we were talking about where it's like you know just a straightforward exploration or parody of something is fine and you can enjoy it but like to have some really really funny moments sometimes you have to dig deep and get to yeah. the heart of it you know it it got into what is this anxiety that mm. a lot of women feel about how they present in terms of class and this feeling of not measuring up in society and having to put on a facade like what mm. is that feeling and like let's get into it and that's where you have those like really really funny moments that also like like they're funny in a way where you're like <laughs> oh, <laughs> know them. Feels. It, it hit too deep no <laughs>
0: yeah i think this is a great one example of the heart not being between characters but being within one character Yes. And, uh, I also my other heart note was when Mar- Marge was umming and ahring about buying and it's like, girl, treat yourself. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I do like and you she's... know at least you don't have to justify everything, okay, I'll buy it. Really good for the economy. It'll be good for the
2: economy. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. to the
0: very end, but <laughs> justifying it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It also just reminded me of shopping with my mum. Yeah. Where it'll be like, This was three hundred dollars. It's like, what? And it's like, but I saved five hundred dollars.
1: Oh well, that's okay. But...
2: Classic mum. <laughs>
1: Well, I love these scenes as well because you know, I, like I'm not a big fashion guy. You know, I've been wearing cargo pants for the last ten years, and that's going to be the way it's going to stay. But yeah. when you do get a good outfit that you like, you know, uh, it does help your personality and oh, for sure. even mundane activities like doing the vacuumings and sort of just going oh, down yeah. to the servo feel better in a good, you know, good outfit.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I just have something for you, like. Mm. I feel like there's something really important in grooming and presenting yourself to the world that can be really empowering. And it's very cute to have Lisa try and encourage mom to be like, come on, you, you know, you, you do so much and you work so hard and you give so much to other people. Like, what do you get for you?
0: And it's marked down from 2300.
2: Yes. That's a fucking steal. I mean, even 2300 is a steal, Mm. but like $90, get that shit locked down.
1: (laughs) And yeah like it is a great cut suit as well and the pink works well with Marge like yeah they really yeah, did well on she... designing this thing mm. and
2: she's bringing out her magenta lipstick it's it's nice mm. it yeah. is nice
0: and i never noticed that yeah in order to point out that she's wearing the same thing all the other women have to keep changing i never noticed that before but it definitely yeah. would be an important element because yeah in a show where they never change yeah you have to show change yeah
1: <laughs> no absolutely but yeah i think we brace by that because yeah this is just so down with the integrity of the simpsons mm-hmm. like you could argue that lisa's a bit more childlike than she normally is but I like it because it's like she's getting child excited she, yeah, about she things. she
0: gets lured into it because she's standing there doing her usual Lisa thing of, oh, look at all these pampered, prissy, rich people who are all and then the horse rides. Like, yeah. who
1: just on their high horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people on yeah. rich high horses. Sorry, I gotta go. Yeah, it doesn't come out of nowhere. She gets lured into that. And I, uh, I think that works yeah. perfectly. The only one we don't see a lot of is Bart, but I do want to point to him for a moment mm-hmm. because there is an awesome bit of folly that I only just yeah. noticed when he has the cards and Marge is like, no grifting. And he goes, oh, raspberries. You can hear a little mechanical thing.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. He's L- got like one the of those cards dealers. Down his yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so good.
2: Ah, raspberries. And this little
1: fluff of his time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in- That's a really nice moment as well that I just want to point out because like <laughs> he's like nah, oh, but he's also like yeah, you got me. <laughs> still,
0: yeah, still in character. It's like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the grift is getting caught, you know.
2: Ah, shucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the part in the heist movie where you have, mm. we were meant to get caught. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Absolutely.
2: Yes, for sure. I don't think any of these emotions have changed as well. Like, class will always... Be, as long as there is still means to divide people in terms mm-hmm. of power or, or wealth, it will happen. And specifically, like, I don't know, I feel like it's a very um, good episode to watch as an Australian because like most Australians, we have like a majority middle class mm. and sometimes you get peeks at how the other people live. Like for instance, I'm working at a house at the moment in a very bougie area and they have like chefs and 24-hour care and I'm just yeah. like, I thought I was living in the world but maybe... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, like, especially where I was growing up, like, around Kenthurst and Dural, which, you know, for Sydney siders will know. Ooh. ooh, ooh.
0: <laughs> oh, well, la <la-dee-da." laughs>
1: But, yeah, a lot of, like, around us, yeah, a lot of acreage, a lot of people with horses and stuff like that. But we were never country club or horse people. We just, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I tell people you meet the O'Neills and they're just lovely people you would never know we're, we're well off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, especially yeah in the, in those areas where we were adjacent to all those sorts of people, and man, country clubs fucking suck. Oh, for sure.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, they sound shit house. Like, what do you do?
0: No, you we saw it. You, yeah. You, you play bridge <laughs> and, <laughs> and you titter at people. make
2: pithy remarks about people. Fuck off! I can do that at home.
1: That's why you get podcasts.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: God, can you imagine? Is there a Rich People Podcast? Fuck, gotta I got to find it. I
0: guarantee you there's like an exclusive <laughs> it's service. It's Patreon where, only. Yeah. Not it Patreon like those scumbags. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is Patronion. Hmm.
2: It's yeah, it's not the money doesn't go to them. It's just behind a paywall though. Hmm. So yeah, you have to sure. be rich to listen to it, but that money doesn't go anywhere. <laughs>
1: Well, it's actually why I stopped listening to Harmontown towards the end because Dan was just complaining about how hard it was to move from his slightly smaller mansion to his bigger mansion.
0: Oh, no. Let me get out my reasonably small violin. (laughs) Not my smallest, but pretty small. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but, like complaining about how hard it was to move his giant aquarium and set up his new automated security door and fuck off,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's no bueno. people don't care about it makes that. makes me wonder I mean, like
0: do they have like stand-up comics for like rich people as well? like mm. do you know when you're oh, trying they... to reassemble your aquarium? Yeah. and your regular <laughs> aquarium guy
1: <laughs> is in Barbados. <laughs>
2: what what's the deal with that? <laughs>
1: Or in 30 Rock where Tracy Jordan's like, you know when you lose the remote for your uh, sunroof that's in your bedroom and now it's raining on that bed that's the shape of your face and your wife is complaining? Yeah. <laughs> Relatable. But uh, we'd watch it again and episodes we'd love to watch again. We want to put in playlists. What's a Simpsons playlist that this episode would go well in? Uh,
0: references to the people in sector 7G. So Miss Smithers refers to them and fork and spoon operators from 7G. Yep, yep. We've also got things like uh, chair moisteners in Sector 7G. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I want to say strange dollar knockoffs of products episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where they go to the
2: outlet store and it's like a sorny TV. Um, I, <laughs> I feel like it. there's other.
1: Yeah, I know a genuine Panaphonics when I say it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely other cheap knockoff episodes you could put together a playlist. Put it in H. <laughs> 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 All
3: right,
0: I got one. Things that are shaped like a 50s diner. So in the beginning, they're <laughs> like, ah, yeah. we need to go to this place. They have a TV shaped like a 50s diner. And there's also a really tall bird feeder that's also on a shaped like a 50s diner. Oh uh, my God. That go. is
2: such a great, like, it's so, it's like one of those Oscar Wilde quotes where you're like, ha ha, that's very pithy and witty and whatever Mm -hmm. and it like just rolls off the tongue but then like when you analyze it you're like oh my god that encapsulates so much about the thing you're trying to say about society which is marge says we can't afford to shop at any store that has a philosophy yeah
1: (laughs) what a line like that (laughs) is
2: such a fucking commentary on (laughs) you know you can afford to be ethical when you're rich
1: yeah but it's so true like there's something yeah. that, a concept in business, like the green leaf tax, which is mm. like, if you can make your product look what environmentally sound or whatever, yeah. you can add an extra 10% onto the price. Like- yes.
2: Even if it
0: just means making the logo green.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's so fucking dodgy. And it's like, oh, oh, so poor people are punished or shamed for not being ethical. Meanwhile, billionaires exist. And it's like, mm. you're pointing fingers at the wrong place, fam. Like, mm-hmm. just... Jeff Bezos could feed everyone in the world if he wanted to and still have enough money for not only his lifetime but, like, any of his descendants. Like, it's just, it's that thing where it's like, no, don't shame me for shopping at Kmart, all right?
1: (laughs) No, it's still so weird. The richest man in the world who got divorced and paid the largest divorce settlement in everyone is still the richest man in the world Mm -hmm. and his employees are underpaid.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's Ridiculous. A good example of um, it's very hard for the average person to fathom how much a billion dollars is. And it's like if you worked five days a week, every single week, saving every single dollar, earning a thousand dollars a day, and you did that since the birth of Christ, two thousand years ago, you still wouldn't have a billion dollars. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <You can laughs> do the math. It literally holy sh- works. Holy it's, shit. It's about halfway there.
1: Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, it's fucked. All right, we're almost at the end, but BT, I want to know, what would you change about this episode? Ooh.
0: Hmm.
1: <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> How about you, Alan?
2: Uh, what I would change in this episode, I want to say, like, more fashion. Um, <laughs> mainly just because I was enjoying myself. But honestly, like, what we've got is pretty good. And we even get, like... Selma and Patty fashion which I mean pretty risque ladies um
1: started out as a Halloween uh, costume and then it worked its way into my regular rotation
2: (laughs) that's classic me I was actually at a (laughs) festival with my friend and we were like seeing all the teenagers (laughs) go around and, and my friend's like looking at some of their outfits and she's like seeing all these people in festival wear I am now acutely aware that you wear festival wear for just daily wear. <laughs> 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 I felt really red. I don't think I'd change anything. I think it's a perfect episode.
1: Yeah, look, I, I would only muddy it if I tried mm. to change anything. I think the way it builds up is just exquisite. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're here. Ellen, do you have any other notes about this episode?
2: Maybe this is just because it was like the 90s, but I'm like 3000 and something dollars for that chanel gown mm-hmm. seems crazily cheap uh oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> see this is again uh from someone who's been wearing cargo pants for the last year and years i have not paid nearly yeah. that much for anything <laughs> that i've worn
2: i'm i'm sure it would be like in today's money much mm. more expensive mm. oh, for sure. but i'm just like three thousand. like if i can afford something it's not that expensive <laughs> 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 i mean i couldn't afford that right now but like you know, I Not have a got a like, jackets yeah. in my closet that are about $700 and whatever. And I'm like, woof, really splurged there. Ellen. Oh, my God. Now you don't get to eat for two weeks.
1: Um, so I've been getting yeah. really into online shopping since COVID. And <laughs> How many Chanel
0: dresses do you
1: have? Well, no, because I bought a bunch of jackets and, like, I was debating with myself over a $120 one the other day. That's like...
0: A good jacket for 120 bucks yeah. is totally worth it.
1: It's nice.
2: Oh, there's really something nice in just, like, how committed Marge is and how stressed and how much she buys in and how much she kind of hates her own class and, and herself, really. Like, when Lisa says, we're not like rich people, and mm. she goes, yeah, they're better. And she believes it. Like, it's just, oh, man, it's so... And they, they leave like enough silence around it so that it really hits home. Mm. But yeah, it's just like, what? there's a lot of really great moments in this episode.
0: Yeah, she says they're better and then they leave a bit of silence and she kind of tries to back out of it like, oh, I socially better and it's like, no, no, you've, you've said better quite clearly.
2: Yeah, yeah, the toothpaste is out. Can't <laughs> <laughs> put it back in the tube.
1: I think it's really well set up as well in that scene in the Quicking mart where Marge even says, you know, we ran with different crowds. You had your debutante balls and it's skinny dipping and I had my home sugar horse yeah yeah i get the feeling from that scene that she's expressing some always like oh i was always looking out to you like Mm. because sue ellen as well Mm. she was all like didn't know a fucking thing about marge and saying shit like oh you've changed so much for all i know and then later on she's like oh, you haven't changed yeah you've
0: come a long way from the girl i knew nothing about
1: yeah
2: (laughs) yeah and it's the thing of like when you don't have it, it means so much. Like mm. these kind of things and this flaunting of wealth, it means nothing to like wealthy people because it doesn't cost anything. And it mm. doesn't, mm. I'm sure a lot of people don't recognize their privilege and are, are going, What? I, but you know, that's normal. Everyone has that. And it's like, No, no, they do not. <laughs> I'm, when...
1: I'm meant to know my servant's first name. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, Yeah, but it's like when you don't have it, it consumes a lot of your Mm. mind and Mm. energy thinking about what if you could.
1: Oh, for real. How about you, BT? Any other notes? Uh, Of course I do.
0: I do like that when Bart and Lisa, when they're driving out to Ogdenville, Bart and Lisa fall asleep in a car exactly the way kids fall asleep in a car, mm-hmm. and that i still do to this day. <laughs> um, I like the selling of the TV. It's like, well, it's got a two-pronged electrical cable and a solid outer casey to prevent
1: fall apart. Prevent fall apart. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> Again, these lines in this episode.
2: Prevent fall apart. It's yeah. such good. Like, the sales shoes yeah. is so yeah. good. <laughs> Who starts it's it with, like,
0: yeah. I won't lie, those are all superior machines, but if you yeah. want to watch your TV, really
1: watch. and points them at the tv that looks exactly like the simpsons old tv so beautiful stuff
0: uh then like when apu's you know oh mrs simpson you look fantastic may i interest you in any of our impulse items say this crazy motorized wiggle pen you just don't know what this
1: pen's gonna do (laughs) yeah oh apu selling pens playlist because then there's the other one where he gives home of the naked lady Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) three two one one. blast off
2: (laughs) i used to have one of those but not a pen it was a lip gloss Oh,
0: very <laughs> racist. Yeah. They
2: didn't get all the way naked, but no, it was it's... like a hunky fireman. And then <laughs> it was holographics. So and then he would take his shirt off. Oh, simpler
0: <laughs> Yes, simpler thrills of our youth. I do like the <laughs> baths. Like, there was a guy in the bathroom. who kept handing me towels. So I paid him to stop. <laughs> Should have held out longer, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, men's room attendants are weird and very uncomfortable.
1: Again, another weird American-specific thing that we just don't have in Australia. Uh,
0: I've, I've, there's been yeah. some in England as well.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, it's weird. I don't it's think I've ever
2: experienced it. I've definitely been in some nice bathrooms, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, in Germany, it's traditional that you need to like drop a coin for a public toilet, hmm. which I was initially pissed off about, but holy fuck. Those are clean-ass toilets in oh, Germany. Oh, I was going
2: to say, because, like, there were a few times where I got fucking, because I, a similar thing in France, but when I was in Paris, I would just walk into a restaurant or a pub and looked like I was meeting a friend
3: mm-hmm. and
2: walked in to use their bathroom, so I never had, <laughs> oh, we've all so done I never that had, yeah, so I never had to pay, I tried to, you know avoid it as much as possible because mm. like yeah paying for using the bathroom is bullshit and the ones i used in i think because i had to go to the toilet in the switzerland train station yeah i was like if i'm paying i want these to be clean and they mm. were not yeah. <laughs> so oh. i was very 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 annoyed
0: yep lift your um, game switzerland i know yes yeah. yeah,
2: switzerland
0: eastern europe does that as well so it's not gonna pay for this and oh <laughs> but i really need oh <laughs> anyway back to this episode um, I do like Homer's suggestion when Marge is trying to modify his Chanel suit, he just eh, just slap some bumper stickers on it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when he's got all the golf balls, I'm like, oh no, these are reptile legs. Stay away; they're endangered. And Homer <laughs> just pops one in his mouth. Is like, wait a minute, yeah, this no, isn't a reptile leg.
1: <laughs> yeah. Again, it takes slightly too long. He should have realised, but mm. suit of ah, oh, it's so good, and the sound effect of him swishing it around.
0: Oh, absolutely. And um, my final note is a really good play on the Marx Brothers quote uh, when Marge says, "I wouldn't want to join any club that would have this version of me as a member." Yeah. anyway. Yeah. I do really like that turnaround of the Marx Brothers line there.
1: Yeah, yeah, the old, yeah, I wouldn't be part of a club that would have me as a member. Yeah, but
0: it's like this yeah. version of that. I really like that driving home, the basically the theme of the episode and the emotion as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and for my final notes, damn it, man, use an open-faced club, the Sand Wedge. Mm, open-faced club, <laughs> sandwich. Sand that yeah. is so good. Uh, so yeah, Homer mm, something Yeah, playlist. put that
0: on the sandwich index.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Burns pickled the figs himself. <laughs> uh. Like Smithers reaction to that as well is a particular type of tang that like oh. we've all had with yeah, really bad, really sour oh, food. Oh yeah.
2: It's mm-hmm. it's acidic. It's up there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and again, I love the ending because we've one of our previous guests sort of pointed this out to me that Simpsons is really good when it, you know, undermines a character when, you know, they've made an assertion and, you know, just seeks to contradict them. And it's a beautiful scene where they've uh, the family have gone to Krusty Burger to have, mm-hmm. you know, their meal as the family that they are, you yeah. know, get back at their roots.
2: I think that's so sweet.
1: But then it is undercut by them, like, explaining it to the um, squeaky voice teen. He's like, yeah... Wait, no, this place sucks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, but I, mean, here. I mean to be fair, he's working, and that will yeah. colour your perception of a place.
1: <laughs> oh, especially a fast food joint. <laughs> mm. oh, yep. Alright, it's time to rank this thing and BT, your turn to go first.
0: Cubic uh, Sikonia, while this is not like your rapid-fire-paced joke factory that some Cubic are, this is just such a well-told story, well-paced, every detail is hilarious. I got so many joke laughs out of parts that I hadn't either fully appreciated before or that I've heard a thousand times and are still funny. Yeah, it's a great episode and Cubic for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. Cubic, it's wonderfully impressive. And, you know, Marge really didn't get enough episodes in the classic era. Mm. And this one is like easily her best Marge-focused episode. And yeah, uh, it's gorgeous. Ellen?
2: Yeah, no surprises here. It's Cubic Suconia. It's a great episode. It's really character-driven. Everyone's making sense, yet they are finding enough silliness to kind of like... It's grounded enough in reality and a very nuanced exploration of, you know, what's happening here, of class struggles Mm -hmm. and feeling like you're never, never good enough. And it's rooted enough in that, that it can go really wacky and silly at times. Yeah, just fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Can't say it enough.
1: Wonderful, unanimous cubic zirconia. We are giving this episode Woo! the Simpsons Index Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence.
0: Not only that, but we're all unanimous across all three episodes.
1: Oh, we were too.
2: Yeah, I know. We're all in sync. Go team!
1: Ba ba ba. Oh, get the <laughs> fuck out! Uh-huh.
2: Edit that so we're all saying it at the same time, please. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> um. So this will be the twelfth episode from season seven to wow. be given a unanimous cubic. Wow. <laughs> Joining, Who Shot Mr Burns Part 2, Radioactive Man, Bart Sells His Soul, Lisa the Vegetarian. Oh, we reviewed that with you. Yeah! Uh, Treehouse of Horror 6, which we reviewed last week with Michael Swaim, Marge Be Not Proud, Bart the Fink, Home of the Smithers, The Day the Violence Died, 22 short films, and The Curse of the Flying Hellfish. Ah,
2: yes. It's in good, good company. Mm -hmm. And we've
1: still got like five episodes left to review from season seven. God, it's good. Jeez Louise. All right, guys, look that about does it for the Simpsons Index for today, but, you know, let's do some plugs before we get out of here. Ellen, you guys have been very busy over at Baby Beard Media.
2: Oh, we have indeedy. So as you know, we're getting to the end of our Futurama podcast, Shut Up and Take My Podcast, where we Mm -hmm. rate episode against episode in a bloody glorious gauntlet battle for your entertainment, and we're up (laughs) to the gauntlet now. So if you have an opinion on which Futurama episode is better than the other, hey, weigh in. Now's the time to jump in. We also are going pretty steadily, I think, oh yes, our last episode of our second season of Roll to cast, an mm-hmm. RPG podcast has come out and we've wrapped up our series on Vampire the Masquerade which was very, very creepy and spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, of course we yep. also have our first season Cyberpunk 2020 going mainstream so if you want action or you want scares, we got them both baby! Yeah, yeah, And we also are doing Let's Plays on YouTube so you can find us on YouTube Chris and I have done a few Let's Plays of some interesting games I introduced him to Hatterful Boyfriend and he dated a bird
1: I really love that <laughs> series That was so funny
2: uh, Funny and sad Brung a tear to his eye
1: You made Chris cry over bird I ma- love
2: <laughs> I made <laughs> And that's not something you can Every podcast can say So uh, there you go Yeah that's pretty much us uh, You can also follow me on Instagram At leb96 For whatever fuckery I'm doing At any <laughs> given moment Who mm.
1: knows Oh, awesome. Podcast Let's Plays and Fuckery. Why not? (laughs) And BT.
0: Yep, our other podcast is Thrones of Game. This is a Game of Thrones podcast that dares to watch the series in reverse order. I've already seen the entire show, but Elliot had never seen a single episode until we started watching in reverse order. Gives us a very unique perspective and honestly is the best Game of Thrones podcast still recording.
1: Yeah, fuck you, Ben Fennell and Adam Knox. (laughs) Still don't know who that is. Uh, They host are you Talking to Me.
0: Ah, good part ah, of
2: this. Fuck yeah. those guys. Yeah, you guys are better. <laughs> uh, I've not listened to them, but I'm sure
1: you guys are better. <laughs> well, they're certainly more popular, so they have that. Uh, <laughs> so we're underground, are the, the cool ones. Hell yeah. We love that. All right, but yeah, that's it for the Simpsons Index. Ellen, once again, thank you very much for joining us today.
2: No, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to, uh, you know, be watching some Simpsons and talking some fashion.
1: Wink. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And thank you, BT. No hoy. And that's it for me, Elliot J O'Neill, your host. And that is all the mustard in the house.
0: Mustard. Woo! Where exactly will we be attaching it to that mangled Chanel suit?
1: <gasps> oh. He's such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> thank you
0: for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebookcom Index or at Simpsons Index on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. Also, do we know if this Homer Nix is...
1: Nah,
2: fuck, I ruined it.
1: All right, let's Uh, hook in.
2: Let's do it.
1: And it is recording on your end?
2: It sure is. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I just spilled tea all down my front. Oh, no. Do
1: you want a second to...
2: Nah, you're going to live with it.
1: (laughs) Wear (laughs) it like a badge of honour. (laughs) You're going to live
2: with what you create. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What what does it like? I say to actors? Brilliant, use it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's your motivation. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just another player when you came to. You may hate me, but it ain't no lie. Baby, bye, bye, bye. I really want to make it up. I just want to tell you that I had enough. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie.
0: Baby Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> oh, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>